Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. How you living, Threes? Oh, living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. The big meltdown has happened. Yes. The big melt is underway. The, the flood, flood is if underway. you will. The, you know, um, will the bridge be there at the end of this week? I don't know. Uh, I remember I sent you that video it's a year play. ago when we yeah, had some oh, melt. Sure. Um, and it, it's, yep. that was just rain, uh, let alone right. you know, the snow That's melting down snow. that hill. That's a lot of snow going down that hill. Um, yep. Had a legendary legendary sledding event with some friends yesterday at the barn um it was you know with the sun out and being about 35 degrees it was perfect perfect temperature sure to um basically you know it's like the kids go out there with the hats gloves are all bundled up and then you know you start going up that hill and you're sweating so then the kids take the hats off and they my next thing you know, I look, London has her coat off and just snow pants on with a sweatshirt. And I'm like, boom. It's like growing up. It's like, it's like a flashback to my it's childhood. That's all you need. Um, yeah. Put on the Buckeye game in the barn. For a little while, I had to go back and rewatch it um, because naturally when you're having a blast with the kiddos, you're like, I'm not, I'm not stopping this. Um, sure. But uh, went back and, and rewatched most of the second half. Um, but, man, what an elite um, day yesterday. Sledding. And now yeah. all that is gone. Remember, I told you about how many dog turds am I have in the yard. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I would say half How's of them that have work been exposed. On the thaw? Yeah, half of them have been exposed. Sure. It's like as the snow layer goes down, more just keep popping up. And I yep. just, buddy, I'm gonna count the number of bags. And, and and to keep in mind, and the only reason why I'm on the bag system right now is that so because of the depth of the snow, the snow, the turds are falling to to the grass. Is that and that? Yes. Well, that's why we're not be, able because to I've, grab them immediately. Or well, what, where are we? At? Well, for one, I'm not I'm not going out there when it's you know, snowing or like single digits yeah. to collect them. Uh, because once they go in the, unless you get them while they're hot, which nobody wants to do that, um, right? Then <laughs> then then they freeze, and then once they freeze. Sure. You're you're really just picking up snow piles at that point because it freezes usually into the snow, and so I'm like into I'm not just picking snow. up ice chunks into these. Sure, and I usually have a scooper, but I broke my scooper because it was frozen in that ice storm, and I went to oh, pull yeah. it out of the ice, and it just snapped in half. So that wasn't fun. But um, I anyway, all of that to say, once this melts, I can usually get about you know two Rottweiler turds and, and one you know one poop bag. If I can really, sure. I'll count them for you. It won't be probably today. It'll have to be tomorrow, but I can start to get some. But it's like as the snow melts, because look, I mean, look how much snow we've gotten over the last few weeks. So it's been it's like they go out, go to the bathroom, and then it snowed and covered that layer up, and then yep. they go out again, and now it's all being exposed. It's like a yeah awful surprise every time an inch gets melted off. <laughs> just look out there, just a little. But anyway, how was your weekend? We were zero and two uh, in sports. So how was your weekend? Not how great. Was the basketball. Uh, it was ridiculous. We played Friday night. Uh, we we played in a tournament that was forty five minutes away. Forty five minutes away. We played Friday night at seven, 
a.m. And lost and won twenty six to six. This is for nine year olds. Yeah, one tw- and this and pay attention to the scores here because I'll give you a difference. Uh, the disparity of the quality of teams. So we won. We're like middle road. Higher. Yeah. We're I think we're like twenty two and eleven or something like that. You know, a okay. little better than middle road. Decent squad. Okay. But there are there are teams that are elite. So we win uh, twenty six to six on Friday night at seven o'clock forty five minutes away. So you get home at it's about eight forty five. Uh, we played the next morning, mm. again, 45 yeah. minutes away Wow! at 8 a.m. That's fun. So that was a yeah. treat. That's a quick and then, yeah. And then I had to coach Beamsy. This was for Black Cobra. I had to coach Beamsy at 10. So I had to rush back and get there and coach him at 10. That went off without a hitch. And then we had to wait all day to find out if we were going to play again on Saturday night or Sunday morning. And we did not know. So I'm literally watching an app of third graders play basketball just waiting for scores to update to find out if we're going to be the five seed and have to play i'm sorry in the 8 a.m game by the way we lost 31 to 8 so we won 26 to 6 lost 31 to 8 so that now think about that on the high end and low end of what we're dealing with okay yep so so we 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 wait it's at 10 to 5 we find out we're going to play at seven o'clock again down set 45 minutes away all right so now this is three trips in 24 hours We'll go down there where zombies lose, I think, by 11 or 12 or something like that, and the weekend's over. So the, the good news for that was is it locked out Sunday. So now you're free. So now yeah. you can watch the game yeah. and you can do that. But it's less than ideal. Less than ideal is how I would put it. Um, I would say, however, that what we saw yesterday on the basketball court, despite the loss, was exceptional. Yes, it, it was. was exceptional. Yes, it, it was. It was awesome. It was an incredibly high quality of basketball. It was it was something when you watched and you said these are two teams who can win a national championship, they absolutely can. It was probably the best regular season college basketball game that you will see in all of college basketball all year. I don't know if one can be better. Um, in terms of teams who can win it all playing against each other and both playing at a high level where every possession felt critical. Every possession felt critical in the yeah, second half of this game. Yeah, every, every time we didn't score and they did or b- vice versa, it was, it was incredible. Dwayne was incredible. EJ, incredible. That Michigan team, incredible. Mm. They've got a lot of things that are tough to deal with. And that Dickinson kid is a full day. He had 16 and 16 minutes in the second half, and there's no answer. And you say to yourself, well, you know, what can you do different? Not much. There aren't a whole right. lot of seven footers yeah. running around. Yeah. So they, they are, they have guards who can shoot it, and boy, did they shoot it in the first half. Got and then they went to the rebounds. big. Yeah. Yeah. They went to the you big know. in the second half and leaned heavily on him. But I, and, and we'll get into all the breakdown and the, and the justice suing play, all of that stuff. Um, but the, but the big takeaway for me was that was a, that's fun, man. I mean, it yeah. stinks to lose, but that was fun. That was college basketball at its highest level played in our town. That's a good job. Yeah, that that was a, that was a ton of joy there. Um, seeing that and really, you're right. It was, it was what the best of college basketball can give you. And then you kind of felt robbed because you're like, man, imagine what that game would have felt like with a full house. Um, and how yep. great that would have been! I think that would have been elite. Uh, but uh, you know, when I, when I look at this game, Bo, I, I've struggled and I've gone back and forth because I've I've heard people kind of go back and forth on this as well. And so, sure, do you feel? Um, and I guess it's really whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. 
<laughs> be a glass half full, sure. glass half empty. I'm glass half I felt, full normally. Yes. Yeah, so normally if you look at that and you see EJ Liddell's comments and you say, yeah, we can play with them. We can play with them. We mm-hmm. didn't play good enough defense, but we can play with them. And you're like, yeah, Michigan has been this team most of the year that you're like before the COVID break and all that, where you're like, yeah, that, that's a real team. Like That's a national. Yeah. Outside of Gonzaga and Baylor, that's a, that's a team that can win it all. And yet you fought with them. You showed you belonged. Um, yep. But there's also a part of me that says, man, you got a hell of a game out of Dwayne. And you got a hell of a game out of EJ, and you got a, you know, yeah. you played. I won't say they played yep. their best game, but you almost played as good as you can, and it wasn't enough. And as you look, I guess what makes me nervous, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I tend to be on the optimistic side as well. Um, yeah, but I think there's an undercurrent here, a, a theme that when you look at the Purdue loss, when you look at Minnesota, when you look at some of the teams that they've lost to, what's been the issue? They've been six inches too short. And that's what you have against Michigan. There's been a big guy that has contributed to some of your losses, um, and so that's the kind of been it's the, the kryptonite. The under, yes, it's been the undercurrent of your of your season, which has been an incredible season. Um, but it's it is the one thing that if you get in the tournament uh, and you see them again, whether it's the Big Ten tournament, whether it's the NCAA tournament, no matter what it is, and you end up looking at it, and you say, "Oh man, okay." If we face a guy, a team who has a big dude. Will that? And it's not said they haven't beat big. I'm mean, looking. We beat Iowa, right, with Garza. I mean, we've beaten big yeah. guys before. But when we have lost, it is pretty, I guess, telling to say that there there has been a big man down there who has who has had a good day. And and there's a lot to get into. I, I'll play. Well, I'll let's you this tackle much. that. It was a fun. That, that's a really it point. was a yeah. really fun, really fun game uh, to watch. And and just. I get excited because I feel like neither of these programs are going anywhere. And for the young people out there, by the way, this was the kind of anxiety slash fun you used to enjoy when it was Ohio State Michigan football. Oh, sure. Where it was like every single possession, every single third down meant everything. That's the kind of stuff that used to happen in the sport of football as well. Yeah. Uh, you brought a lot to the table there and a couple of things I want to address. Number one, I'm not sure ever having seen them play us yesterday that Michigan shouldn't be in the same category with Gonzaga and Baylor. Yes. They might need to be in that group because mm-hmm. they, they are, they are comprehensive. There's not much they can't do. They can shoot it. They got veterans. They're tough and they got bigs. So they've got a lot of things that you like, right? So that, I, I think that that conversation, this win against Ohio State is as impressive as any win in the country. That's happened this year with this Michigan win. Um, on the, on the fact of, of how we played with EJ and Dwayne having the games that they had, I think we're at our best when we're a little more balanced, mm-hmm. when we're a little more balanced. And you got a total of 11 points from Kyle Young, Justice Suing, and Justin Arns. A yep. total of 11. Yep. I, I'm guessing if you ask coach, he'd say, boy, I'd like to see that distributed a little bit more evenly because yep. what have we said about this team? We're deep. Anybody can hurt you, but the threat wasn't there from people other than Dwayne and EJ. It just wa- yep. it just wasn't. So conversely, you go look at Michigan and you say, "Well, what did they do?" And they got it from everywhere. Mm-hmm. They had five guys in double figures, and Wagner had nine. So they had they had five guys either at they had five at double figures and a sixth with nine. So they spread it out. Right, they spread out the damage. It's hard yeah. to defend when you're having to defend five every time down. And for us, it was really a two man show. CJ was really, really good too. Um, he's he's those are tough shots he makes in the key. Those little pull ups, those are tough shots. He's got great touch, and and he yep. was he was big in the game. But um, so I think that's that's critical. The last point on the football, and we talked about this last week. 
it's different in basketball because if you lose this game, your season isn't over. You're not. There's no, right. you know, there's no panic. You're st- you know, right. you still can play. There, there's, the an there's an excitement. There's excitement. There's an excitement again, right? There's like yes, almost like, oh, I can't wait yeah. to play him again. Yeah, yeah. And there's a beauty in that. Um, and and I think if you look to the lead up, let's just go back to last Friday when we had Coach on the show, and and we talked about wearing the Jimmy J Grays. They wore the Jimmy J Grays. They put out three different hype videos, including one narrated by Jay Sean and Scooney Penn. That was Loved awesome. It. Loved it. It was awesome. Yep. Um, and you you got the blood boiling for it. This is as excited as I've been for a Buckeye basketball game in a long time. In a long time, there were some huge games in that the the Diebler Sullinger era. There, uh, I wasn't here for Connolly Odin, but in that era where with Lighty and Buford and Kraft and those guys, where they played Duke here once, it was huge. Uh, they played Florida here once, it was huge. They played some huge games against. Um, Michigan State with Draymond Green and with Wisconsin uh, with Bo Ryan was such an awesome enemy. Um, but this was this was to see that uniform against our uniform, them in the them in the in the Navy, us in the gray, both in the top five, and then for these kids to deliver, buddy. We talked about this. They delivered that type of intensity in front of nobody. Mm. They played at that level in front of nobody. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Oh yeah, with a full house. Yeah, what that thing would have been yeah. like. Yeah. So I commend the kids, no doubt, because that's incredible to to manufacture your own juice and to play at that high of a level. It would be very easy for this to be to have been a sloppy game. Very easy. It was not. It was not. It was incredibly played at an incredibly high level. You mentioned the height stuff. You know, I don't know if 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 when you play if you play Michigan again, if Zed Key needs to play more, and you play him and EJ together, we don't we just don't have it. We just don't have that type of height, and yeah. not many teams do. And so, so I, it's, I just don't know. It's a bit I mean, of an Achilles heel. Yeah, whether it's Kofi from Illinois, you've beat you've beaten Luca, but you look at Purdue Williams twice. You look at Minnesota Robbins Dickinson just had you know look Dickinson was out outstanding. You didn't have an answer. Yeah. It, it hasn't. It, I'm not saying it's hurt you every time, but in four of the five losses, yeah, it has been a big man having a nice night. It's just like I said, I don't know if it's. But then you can't say it's 100 percent, right? Because of Iowa, Illinois, yeah. And I guess we'll see this week. Still <laughs> you got, play him again. You got Iowa, you Illinois the next few weeks. So right, you know, yeah, you still have Thursday and yes, still yes. play them both. Yep. So it's it's a full day playing in this league. But my overwhelming feeling, while disappointed in the end result was just loving it. It was awesome. Oh, it was, I was there was for joy. all of it. Watch on the edge of the seat the whole way. They went back and forth the whole way. There was never separation until the very end. And no give up. No, I mean, the give a damn level was off the charts. Loved it. Absolutely great. You'll hear from Coach. You'll hear from EJ. The great Ronnie Stokes is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. Off and running on a Monday. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The classiest show on this station, which isn't saying much. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And whether you have well water or city water... You can get a whole different, cleaner water if you just visit my friends at KineticoColumbus.com. Get rid of all that waste of plastic. We have enough plastic that we're wasting with a whole lot of other stuff going on in our world right now. Don't waste bottles. Don't send them out there. Damage the environment. Get yourself a Kinetico water treatment system. 
and totally revamp your water. Everything from showering to drinking, anywhere in the house, the whole home system can change your life. Do what Shelly and I did and visit ConnecticutColumbus.com today. This was fun. It was uh, the result isn't the one that you want, but the style of play, the quality of play, it all was. You got two teams who I think can both win a national title. Um, we addressed some of the Achilles heels. I wanted to get to this because I, I, I've seen a lot of this, and I saw actually Dwayne, I think it was Dwayne who addressed it yesterday after the game, uh, the justice suing behind the back pass that went back for the for the and one and kind of felt like the dagger a little bit. You're up, you're down three at that point. Uh, you get the turnover, they go back, they get the and one and you're down. And at that point, it feels like it's, it might be insurmountable. That's how tight the game was. Um, there's a lot of uh, crushing him for it. I'm sure the, I'm sure he feels terrible. That being said, if you've watched basketball, you know that that's a, that is a pretty routine thing to do that screen and then pop and drop it behind the back for a shot for EJ. I'm sure that's what yeah. that's what he was I'm sure they've done it a thousand times. It didn't happen in that specific was a little careless, sure. I'm not going to kill him for it. I mean, I think that's silly to do yeah. that. Um yeah. so he made a mistake, sure. But it is something that it's not like he was being fancy. That's a very routine play. If you've played basketball, you've watched basketball, that's very routine to come off that screen, drop it behind your back for a guy in a jump shot. Just EJ didn't roll and or EJ didn't pop. And and the and the behind the back pass was was not caught, and the rest is history. But I'm I, I have no interest in crushing him for it. No, no. Uh, I mean, if you've ever played, um, you know, sports before, you know there are certain moments in games, and this is at any level. But there are certain moments in games you're like, ah, that doesn't look great. But there, it's never the reason. I can think back to all my mistakes, literally missed tackles, all that, and in the moment you feel awful. But you quickly realize that as you go back and watch the tape, there are numerous other mistakes, maybe not in that moment, yeah. that you could also add up that, that contributed to the loss. So there are numerous things um, you know, that pop into my mind of, of playing, and I've been there. I'm not going to ever crush one guy for, for one mistake because that's why these things are called team sports. You know, There, there are yeah. plenty of other decisions that were made and and if that play works and that little drop behind the back pass is yeah, executed correctly and it leads to a game tying three or whatever you know it's a whole different story so uh um, it's because it's, it's behind it the back it's it's made to look more careless it's right it's, but it's it's very routine it's a very routine yeah. play you guys uh, it's just it there was a miscommunication aren't well, you coach the team we aren't lost you? to 31 to 8 dead i'll tell you that they ran that <laughs> Here's Coach Holtman. The far bigger issue is Hunter Dickinson. There's just no answer. He yeah. scored 16 points in 16 minutes in the second half. Here's Coach Holtman on Hunter. He's a really good player, and I thought uh, his length and size at the end of the day bothered us. So we'll have to figure out how to do a better job of that uh, in certain situations. Yeah, he's a load inside, and I thought we were able to attack him in certain ways and um, get put our, put make it difficult for him. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't quite enough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that, that there's one thing you can't coach is size. You have it or you don't. Michigan has it. Um, and, and when you complement that with their, their shooters, that's why I think you can put them certainly in the Baylor Gonzaga category because I, they can beat almost anybody anyway. Um, and the size is something that you're not going to be able to figure out. Dwayne Washington talked about it as well. Michigan size, the difference in this one yesterday. That's what they pride themselves on. They're long, uh, from the two up to the, to the five man. So. You know, we knew that going in. We knew that they were going to be a real physical team. Uh, we were going to have to be more physical than them. Um, and I felt like as stretch as we were, I definitely do. Um, they had some huge uh, rebounds late. 
um, some momentum shifting rebounds that um, that went their way, and uh, they they fought hard for those. And credit to them, they're a really good basketball team, and uh, we'll definitely see them again. Yeah, there were several times threes where I mean, like you know, Dickinson, Wagner, those guys. I mean, you you almost were playing volleyball at the rim until they could corral it with second chances. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that that's something that you can be you can be physical. You can try and tire them out on the offensive end, but they they've got a lot of size. They got a lot of length. And, well, and it, there's not much you can do against it. So I don't know what the answer. I don't. We'll ask Ronnie. I'm not sure what the yeah. answer is. And then when they're that efficient from three point range, it, it yeah. has to be. I can't imagine the mental toughness as you go through a game and you're battling, you're battling, and you're trying to contain this big guy, right? And you're squeezing down, and next thing you know, the, the threes are just going in, and you're like, "Look, Michigan played really so well. Deflating. They played really well. Yeah. Um, but so did Ohio State. They played really well yep. as well, and not not as good defensively. And there's definitely things you can prove on." But to a certain point, like nobody on the roster is growing six inches, so it has to be no. right there. What what is the new plan? Um, is it simply hey play the way you played, but also hope Michigan misses a few more shots? That that can happen, you know. Like, we've seen that before, so it's tough to really break this game down because it was it was such a high level of college basketball that was so enjoyable. Yet most of the stuff that. Michigan, I felt, was able to do against you was due to your lack of height, which there's really nothing you can do about that. I think next time you just wish maybe maybe a little more balanced offensively uh, and hope Michigan – I mean, you say, hey, make sure you, you play better defense against the three. Okay, well, if you do that, you're leaving the big man down low with no help, you know, and now is he able to work? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a basketball guru, and we'll ask Ronnie well, uh, coming up next about it. Look, every, everything that we're talking about here – it's it's all true, and you lose by five in a game that could have gone in any way to a team that could win a national title, and then you say, well, so can we. Yes. We can win a national title, too. It's I a shot that's here, it's what a I shot there, it. it's a rebound that here. We are, that's what we I are took from it. In more serious contention than maybe other people realize. I think everyone's like, yeah. oh, Ohio State's on a great run. Oh, man, they're overachieving to now it's like, hold on, this team oh. really could. Like If things go well, like if they play this way and another team you know, Absolutely. isn't as hot, like, this team can make a run to this, the Final Four type team yep. and I think it's a time There's for no I, I think people respect Ohio State even more so even on the loss after this this game that's how that's where I am coming out of it uh you're a worthy adversary you're you're a team that can hang with anybody we'll ask Ron Stokes about all of this and a, a bunch more he's simply the best he will join us coming up next Bishop and Lauren right here on the fan never short on opinions always short on class common man and Tebow. weekdays from three to six the fan ohio sports destination it's bishop and laurenitis is what's up sponsored by your central ohio honda dealers well here's what's up on a monday a classic played at the shot yesterday the man on the call one of the greats great friend of the program great dude Ron Stokes joining us with Brian Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Man, I tell you, you hate to lose it, but the quality of play was so good. Uh, it, it it was a throwback in a certain sense. Ronnie, what did you make of what you saw yesterday? Well, I, I loved it. And first of all, good morning, Bo and James. Um, it, it, was, uh, it reminded me uh, of a regional, clearly two yep. teams that are playing at a high level, well-coached. And it boiled down a guy which team was going to make the least amount of mistakes down the stretch in that key moments of the of the contest. But you know what's really good is to see both Michigan and Ohio State basketball being at an elite level and playing um, uh, at this juncture of the year. The only thing that was missing 
was the fans. The fans just got cheated out of the opportunity to be there and witness some great basketball. Ron, what, what was your main takeaway from this game as, as to what Ohio State could have done better? Because uh, I, I, you let you leave. There's two camps I was telling Bo that you hear from fans. One is the pessimistic view, right? Like, oh man, they played really well, and yet it wasn't enough. You know, there's just some teams that you're not going to beat when you play really well. And then there's the other saying, you know what? We we hung with them. Not only did we hang with them. Goodness, I really think this is a Final Four team now. What does Ohio State need to do better next time if they get an opp- another opportunity to play Michigan? Yeah, James, great point. I, I think at this juncture of the year when you're – Ohio State clearly is a top-ten team and has a chance based on who they're matched up with in the NCAA tournament, they have an opportunity to go deep. And you're right, possibly get to the Final Four. What ultimately happens when you have two high-level teams playing against each other, it boils down to execution. You hear coaches say this all the, all the time, players make plays. There was a couple of key elements in the ball game. You throw out the fact that Michigan was red hot. You know, 10 of 13 in the first half from beyond the arc. They had a stretch where they made five in a row. But think about the end of the first half. Ohio State has the basketball, have a chance to score right before the half, got into their set late, forced three by uh, Dwayne Washington. Michigan comes down. They execute on their end. That's a four-point swing. Second half, right around the 10-minute mark, Ohio State's up by four after an M1 by KY, and then they miss assignment on an inbounds play, led to a score by Michigan, then two straight turnovers that led to Michigan scores. Those little things add up when you have a small margin of error against a quality team like Michigan. Boy, and they, isn't that fun just to be able to talk about basketball that way, Ronnie? I mean, that's just great to be able to, you know, to have these moments. It does. It feels like a regional final. Uh, that's did what it felt like. There are certain things that you can coach up. There are little mistakes that you can get better at. I know Coach hates that end of half sequence. Had a great one against Penn State last week. Didn't get it uh, in, in the game yesterday. But there are certain things you can't, and that's their size. What can we do if we play this team again with because I mean, Dickinson's special, and he was a he wreaked havoc in the second half. What what can Coach Holtman do differently? What adjustments can you make? How can you try to limit the effectiveness of him? Well, first and foremost, if Michigan shoots like that again, I, I don't know too many teams in the country that can beat them because you you have that dilemma, right, Bo? You have an incredible talent like Dickinson inside, and you have to make the choice. Do I do you double team him a hundred percent, or do you heads down and maybe force him to pick the ball up? But when you do that, you open up perimeter shootings, and as we just discussed, Michigan was ten of thirteen from beyond the arc. I mean, what do you do? You got a guy seven one that can score inside. You got guys knocking down threes. That's tough to defend. I'm not sure what Ohio State could have done much better, despite all of that shooting. What they were only down by a couple points. So I think how much more can you play better? I mean, they did a great yep. job. They just got beat by a, a team that did a little bit more on that particular afternoon. In terms of adjustments, I, I think you. I'm okay with the same game plan. You just hope that Michigan is not as red hot from beyond the arc. Yeah, Ron, uh, you know, I'm kind of trying to look over their, their losses through the year for Ohio State, and it seems – I don't want to even think it's a, it's a major theme, but you look at Purdue, and, and Williams was a problem. Robbins at Minnesota, Dickinson, you know, uh, yesterday. Do you think it's an issue? I mean, it's, it's hard because they've also beat Iowa, right, with Garza. They've beaten Illinois with Kofi. So there's, there's been wins you've had against, you know, really um, talented big men. But it, do you think it's a, ultimately a concern because you're not growing any taller before the tournament? 
Well, well, James, the thing that's unique about the Big Ten, um, we all know it's the best conference in the country. I don't think there's another league that has as many quality six guys over 6'10". And, yep. and you just ran over a couple of them already, and you just hope that uh, Ohio State, as they, they venture out, they're not going to face uh, an opposition that has that kind of size and talent. Uh, clearly, it's a concern. Ohio State just doesn't have size. You don't teach it, right? I thought that uh, Liddell did a great job in forcing Dickinson to come off the, the box and defend him. As you know, he, he's definitely added the, the fadeaway jump shot around the 10-15 uh, level on the floor. Uh, but, yes, you, you go into a matchup against an opposition that has size and talent like Dickinson has and you know what, what some of the other teams in the Big Ten Ohio State, just in that particular order, they're just going to have to play exceptionally well to counter that type of uh, uh, opposition. Ron, you know the thing that's been so fun for me is uh, just watching this team play. Uh, I'm, this was a great basketball game, but they played great basketball for about a month and a half now. There's a connectiveness to this group that you see. They do a lot of the little things where it feels like they're all on the same page often. It reminds me of some of those teams we saw about a decade ago that Thad had with Lighty and Buford and Diebler and Sullinger. And obviously, you know, those teams had a couple of NBA guys on them in terms of Sullinger. Um, but, but also the way that they all were, it felt like they were in it together. And I sense that with this team too. And, and so that's where you start talking about Final Fours and stuff from my perspective, Ron. I go, geez. You play like that, five guys as a unit all the time with that type of depth and toughness, that's what makes it special. And that's as brutal as this stretch is, and it's brutal, uh, who you still have to play to, to close out this season. Uh, that's why you have, that's why I have such a, a good feeling. You're, you've seen every game they've played all year. Uh, what do you make of how this group has come together? Well, well, Bo, every year, the, the, every coach and staff tries to recruit the best players for every position. And, and you do the best you can, right? And then at the end of the day, you just don't know what type of chemistry you're going to have because you got to deal with injuries. You got to deal with other, uh, the, the situation of if you got a guy that's contemplating whether to go to the NBA or not. All those things factor in, right? This team right now, they're all in. You're talking about a situation where Coach Hopeman is able to play eight to 10 guys on any given night because they all are bought in. Whether they play one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes, they're out there to do their job. It's a fun thing to watch, and when you're playing this way, I tell Buckeye fans, enjoy it, because you just don't know if you're going to have that type of chemistry and cohesiveness with the team at this juncture of the year. They're playing great. Um, they, obviously, they hurt their chances of trying to get a share of the Big Ten title. Michigan, with what, five games to go, it's going to be hard-pressed to see them lose four out of five if you're Ohio State trying to get a share of the title. But uh, right now, if you're Ohio State, you want to finish this regular season well, get into the Big Ten tournament, and hopefully play well enough where you can get a one or two seat in the NCAA tournament. Ron, which, which team on these final three here scares you the most, Iowa or Illinois? Which one scares you more? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I, I think I, Illinois right now is playing some of the best basketball in the, row, in, in the country. After they lost to Ohio State, they won seven in a row. They got that one-two punch of Dosumi and Coburn. Um, and and Co- Dosumu, Dosumu is making a case for the Big Ten player of the year with Garza. So I'm very concerned. How about the schedule, guys? You look at Ohio State <laughs> and Michigan State. Uh, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan is playing Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State. I mean, you're talking about an incredible end of the regular season 
that's going to segue right into the Big Ten tournament. This is so enjoyable to watch, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you, you kind of got to go back. I was trying to think about it, and I realize the talent's all different, and college basketball's a lot different than it was, Ronnie, but I'm thinking back to, like, the Jimmy Jackson era. Michigan has the 5'5". Five, five. Illinois got those. All those guys are, like, 6'5", with, with Battle and Anderson and Bardo and all those guys, and everybody's good. And this league is a meat grinder, man. It, it's it. Everybody is good. We could have 10 tournament teams. Well, don't forget Indiana wasn't bad either. So when you, when you Yeah, Calvert Chaney's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're talking Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue. I think those teams are clearly a lock. And then you look at that next four, you know, Rutgers, Minnesota, Indiana, Maryland, and, of course, Michigan State. Michigan State clearly can play their way in. They got Michigan twice. They got Ohio State, and they got Illinois. It's going to be a tough task, but clearly they got a lot of room to get into that tournament. But, but you're right. I think that's a good thing possibly Bo and, yeah. and, and James, when you think about if you play a competitive conference like this, maybe it helps Ohio State or all the other teams once they get out in the NCAA t- tur- uh, tournament and they're not playing somebody that or as good or know them as well. Yeah. Great talking to you, man. It's been too long. Great Ronnie Stokes. Appreciate your time, buddy. <laughs> all right, guys. Go Bucks. He's the best. He's the best. He's absolutely the best. Ron, Ron Stokes joined us. Yeah. Just awesome human. And, and there's something that is so fun about if you make a run. Um, oh, yeah. If you make a run, there's something that, that just the momentum of March. This should give you juice. Man. Like, this should give you excitement as yeah. a Buckeye fan for Absolutely. for March. You know, in the same building, damn near, in the same city, we can't have fans for the Big Ten tournament, but we can for the NCAA tournament. But regardless, <laughs> we should just Jeez. be juiced for that run. Hypocrisy running amok, my friend. What, what do you mean? Um, Nothing to see so- here. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Might not be anything to see here with the Blue Jackets. They are really teetering right now, uh, and a big injury over the weekend as well. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's Uncomfortably Vascular Arms. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Tough Saturday night for the Jackets, uh, losing to Nashville 4-2. to two. We talked uh, last week with Jody and uh, towards the end of the week about how critical this seven-game stretch was. Um, and win one, lose one, not going to get it done. It's just, it's just not. Not where you're, not where you're at. Uh, but worse than that, Elvis Merz-Lincolns gets hurt in the third period. He's considered week-to-week uh, moving forward. So this was... I mean, this was tough. This is this is a tough way to 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 close the weekend, and, we and now a, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, we needed a sweep. Well, you needed like a four. You needed you needed to win yeah. like three or four minimum. You got two with yeah. Chicago coming up. Um, then you got Detroit after that. Like, I wanted to get a, through the the second two gamer with Nashville with only one loss. Like, I wanted to beat the Preds five and, and one. Yes, I wanted to be yeah. five and one, maybe even six and one. By the time you got you went down to Dallas. Right, because you played Detroit after that, and yeah. they're you know at a lower level. So, um, yeah, look, they scored two goals in about six seconds. It seemed like, um, yep. and and did it, and that was it. But this injury to Elvis is it's a big one. It's a big one because so you think of the success last year and the level he played at last year, and he's been hurt a couple of times, and there's just. There isn't a good – I just don't have a good feel about what's going on, and Torts doesn't either, and this has been happening for – you know, for – we're 20 games in, man. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the biggest – first off, it's great that we're going to be able to have some fans come back, so yep. that's, a, that's a win. Um, 
just for for those fans, for those season ticket holders, and also for the players to at least yeah, experience something. Um, however, you're right. I don't have a great feel for the just the vibe of the team right now. Um, this you know win one lose one situation yeah. is not. It's just not going to be enough. And when your head coach comes out after and says we had zero concentration, you're like, well. I mean, this is a this is a this is a pro hockey game here. How do you have yeah. zero to concentration? So, I don't know. Um, a ton of turnovers. Um, you know, they they can't. They're not playing well defensively, which is maybe the biggest shock. Uh, they seem to be chasing in their own zone. There's a lot of stuff that's. And then you put the Elvis injury on top of it, which he was hurt before. And then he came back, said he didn't feel great in the last start, and now he's injured again. So you wonder, did he rush back? Um, yeah. You know, even though they might not be the same exact thing, even if everything's related, once one thing's hurt, you know, there's compensation. So did he rush back? Uh, there's there's a whole lot of issues here, but I just it's hard to really put it into words. Otherwise, I just don't have a great vibe about the team right now. I really don't. I don't either. No, I don't. I also don't have a great vibe about trying to play games at Lake Tahoe. Uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. Boy, it was the images were stunning. Ideal setting. I loved it. It, it is. The weather did but, not cooperate, but I tell you what, sun is sun is undefeated, and uh, that's the one thing about these. And I heard Bettman afterwards say, you know, when we try to do these things, it's really important that our fans are there. And I, he's he's right. Wasn't this one supposed to be in Banff? I thought this I one was supposed so. to be in Banff, I so. and because yeah. of the Canadian, uh, the the way that the government is handling COVID, yeah. they they moved it. Um, it's. Look, it's 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 not great. It looked stunning, but it's not great when you got to shut it down and and obviously Suns undefeated. But um, yeah. I do think they can do these things from time to time and and they they've won. I mean, Batman gets a lot takes a lot of heat, deservedly so for much of it, but these things that he's done, these outdoor games, these winter classics, these things have largely won and they it looked beautiful. Beautiful. Oh. It just it was probably a little too far south. Yeah, look, I, I I love the idea of of playing on these outdoor rinks. Obviously, the stadium series are are great; um, they're phenomenal. Uh, we we've tried to argue Ohio Stadium, and, and look, if you get weather like this, it's fine. But even like a day like today, like, here's what people don't understand. I, I've met many people like the other day when it was 25 degrees and the sun was out, and you could see like water dripping down the driveway, and you could shovel yeah. the ice. Everyone's like, "How is it below freezing?" I'm like, "Well, well the sun's still undefeated." Like the yes. sun, like the energy from the sun time. is still, you know, like it's not going to completely melt, but ice on any kind of black surface, like a blacktop or even cement in the sun, you know, versus shade is completely different. So, um, we, I mean, we knew that just growing up playing pond yep. hockey and what you could do, you know, the weather, you could have just plowed off Lake Erie and could have went up there and played there. That would have been an adventure. Did you see those people? I what did. happened? I did. How do, how do you like that? Oh, let's go on a little adventure. Let's walk out into on under the ice in Lake Erie. Oh hell, it broke. Yeah. Oh <laughs> now wait, what? It's, it, the, the winds wait, shifted. What? The winds shifted. Yeah. Good lord. All this ice is now pushing away from shore. Well, what were you doing? What'd you? Th- anyway, man, they were a long ways out there. That'd be an empty feeling. God bless the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. How do you even go Holy get them? What, what, what vehicle do you take? It's like a little. Well, uh, they had some sort of a raft. They have. They had. I saw some video. They had like raft a, an inflatable raft. Thing you would think like one of those there. hover, one of those hover boats, like uh, down in the swamps, would work. You can just go. I don't know if they the have ice. those. You should. <laughs> like, I don't know they if they should. Have well, they took this better budget for them now. Inflatable. Th- yeah, budget for idiots. So you go out there, and I'm thinking to myself, well, these guys are going to have to get in the water at some point. 
They're going to get in the water. They're going to get wet. They're going to get cold trying to save these idiots. So that's what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful, coach. You got to be careful. Uh, you want to make sure you're really far north to yes. play these games. And yes. so that if that's Canada, that's Minnesota, um, you know, British Columbia, there's places, but the, the Lake Tahoe part of it was, was, was going to be a concern. So that's, it was beautiful that's though. It looked I mean, beautiful. I mean, unbelievable setting. Yeah, um, it was stunning. The, the the pictures will will be ones that you'll want forever because they were absolutely. Yeah, the Bruins cool. love it. The Bruins had a blast. Yeah, they had a great time out there. You see how they they dressed up for their appearance? It was pretty good. Yes. It was. Um. All right, lots to get to here in the second hour. We'll get back on the basketball front in the eleven o'clock hour. No NFL Combine this week, and the forty first anniversary of one of the most famous events in the history of sports. Plus, Cam Newton having to deal with a kid. Incredible stuff. We get to all of it coming up next. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. Big in Montana and also Minnesota and everywhere else, too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. 41 years ago today, do you believe in miracles, threes? Yes. Yes, you do. That's the, yes, you that's do. the next line. I was just completing it for the kids <laughs> who don't know. Al Michaels crushed it, man crushed it think about his uh the the length you can't grow up in minnesota with gravity of his career some kind of report on that story with all the minnesotans sure. that played on it and herb brooks and come on oh like yeah part of the curriculum no question the 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 al michaels part of it is fascinating he has he is probably the most significant voice of football for anybody who's alive's voice his is it. There are some of you who might remember Pat Summerall, but um, and and his, and certainly now we have have great guys calling games. But Al's been there first on Monday Night Football, and now on Sunday Night Football for forty years as the voice of the biggest game, typically every week. Um, so that think about how famous you are for that, and understand that that is still second to something you did forty-one years ago to a tape delayed audience. This game was yeah. not seen live. Yeah, it was not seen live. Yeah, and. Uh, Little known fact: How many people actually realize that was not for gold? I think a lot. Of, there's been. I'll tell you this, and this I believe emphatically. Twenty years ago, a lot less than now, because twenty years ago, with without and with before Miracle, I'm not sure when Miracle came out, but before Miracle came out, before the documentaries came out, because there's been some incredible documentaries on this. From the Russian perspective, there's an awesome one that I think the NHL Network has aired, or maybe it's a 30 for 30, um, from the Soviet perspective of their side of things and how they views it, viewed it and what the loss did to them, because they were a machine. They yeah. were the best. That was the best hockey outfit in the world. That wasn't you know anything less than that. That was the best hockey team the world could put together. Well, I sent you the thing on Twitter, one. right? How they train. They're training their young youngsters in yeah. how to fight. <laughs> Fighting all full hockey gear and and just uh, tennis shoes, yeah. Teaching it's going, like gym boys. class, Teach full hockey fight. gear. Yeah. Here's how to really fight. Grab the jersey, right. tug, get control, pull, rotate your hips, throw the right hook. <laughs> Only in Russia, they probably did point, shots of vodka afterwards for the. Eight-year-olds. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, yeah. The um, eight year olds. Yeah, it's an incredible video. You look. I encourage you to find it. What you ask, you bring up the point of how many people know it wasn't the gold medal game before all of this document documenting of it through the the movie and through the documentaries i don't think many people did i think most people thought this because you would just see that clip it would be like on one of those 
you know, yeah. you'd get like a video, great moments in sports history with your subscription to Sports Illustrated, be on a VHS tape, and you'd yeah. pop it in, and, and it was this, do you believe in miracles, right? Yep. But you didn't know, there was no idea that you still had to play the gold medal game. There was no reference to it, really. It was that you were down the in the gold medal game. Yeah. And that's where the famous yeah. line comes. You know, you lose this one, you'll take it to your blanking grave. Well, that's the thing that's remarkable is that you were able to do the undoable, and then you have to, if you don't win at all, it doesn't really, what Bro, juice does it have? crushed, crushed. And remember when the All-Stars, the NHL All-Stars, got absolutely destroyed by the they Russian do. team? I mean, yeah. these were our best. What people don't understand is that our Team USA back then was not like our NHL All-Stars. These were college kids. These were all college amateurs playing the Russians yep. in a legit like boys versus men unfair battle. And yet somehow they Well, it would be prevailed. like if Ovechkin, Panarin, and all those guys were playing against college kids. Yes. Like in today's terms. If you took the best yes. Russians and the best Soviet players in the NHL and put them on a team and they didn't play in the NHL and their sole purpose was to win Olympic gold and then you played college kids against them, how would that go? Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. the apples to apples is like when the NBA Dream Team, except not even because they don't train exclusively together, but like an NBA Dream Team losing to a bunch of college kids. Mm. From another country. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. You can't you can't wrap your head around it. Yeah. Um, what was pulled off? And the other thing that was incredible at that time is there was an incredible series of of games that were happening between the Canadian All Stars and the Soviet the Soviet team. A series that was happening between them as well. And I think there's an NHL dot uh, com documentary or NHL Network documentary on that that I think CBC put together that is stunning in terms of how formidable. That Soviet team was, and a bunch of college kids beat them. It's yeah, it's remarkable. Uh, there's really yeah. there aren't many things like it in sport. I think of uh, there was a wrestler named Rulon Gardner who built beat a uh, Soviet wrestler named Alexander Karelin who hadn't lost in 20 years and beat him and won gold. Um, there's there's certain things like that that happen every once in a while, but it's so rare that you see you know David actually take out Goliath, and that's what yeah. happened 41 years yeah. ago today. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we've got uh, this would normally be the week that the NFL combine would be on. Oh, it's, yes. It's you would have off. been down 71 to 70. You would have been rolling, dodging potholes. Potholes and, and highway patrolmen. Yeah. yeah that's man. what I would have been dodging. Yep. Yeah, and man. They would have got me at two miles over and ticketed me. And that's little the way Richmond. That that goes. A little Richmond, yep. a little the, the land of the RVs. That's right. Um, yeah. Yep. That's it. That's dry for you. <laughs> that That's how it would have gone. But there, there isn't. Uh, there aren't. There is no combine, and there is several things that are that are issues here from an NHL NFL perspective. And and number one, let's remember that last year's draft, while taking place amidst the pandemic and while done virtually, last year's draft, this type of stuff all happened. Yes. Full college scouting happened. You were able to go to games in 2019. You had pro days in 2019 and into 2020. The 2020 winter and early, um, in the early part of, uh, of, of the, of the off season. You had the combine. Mm-hmm. Combine happened. It happened. Yep. yep. You're not going to have any of that now. So you are going to be as a, as an, an NFL. Now the good, the, the real deal here is, that everybody's in the same – there's no advantages. You all have the same advantages and disadvantages from an NFL perspective. Yeah. Um, but you will – those who can see on film 
And the, the guys, the teams that are best at that, those are the teams that are going to thrive. The big, big issue here is you're not going to get that one-on-one time that you get with prospects. So if you are drafting a quarterback, you yep. will not have those meetings that take place in Indy. And those are huge. That one-on-one time that you get, especially at that position where the, the risk is. You think about the Jets who would have a chance to sit down with Justin and Wilson and get a feel. Do we like this guy more than we like our guy? Right. That type of stuff, that type of knowledge, you're not going to have it. Yeah. You're not. And I, I'm curious to see how it affects the business of the NFL. So am I. Um, just like everything else, I'm curious to see how this tweaks the future for for all of these different things, right? When you talk about the way they've done things. I mean, think about big commercial office space and, and the future of that world, right? How yeah. many jobs are actually required to come in? Uh, how many jobs are not required to come in? How many jobs can you do from everywhere? Um you know, and, and the NFL, hey, we've done it this certain way with this, that, whatever. We've spent all this money, owners, we spent all this money to bring guys to us on these yep. team visits, and you're allowed to get so many of them, and we, or we've flown to see them. Well, can we just do it on Zoom? Can, can the owner save money? Like, how many times? I guess I'll say this. How many franchises, as you know, Bo, coming out of this, when, when it comes just to food, literally putting fuel in your athletes to try to compete yep. with the best of the best. Everything is not created equal. Whether you're the Detroit Lions to the Kansas City Chiefs, completely different. The Chiefs have like three year-round chefs. Lions, you have to pay for the food that they cater. It comes out of your check, right? Completely different philosophies. Yep. Um, not a level playing field. So when you have that and you multiply it out, I mean, if you're the Chiefs and you're a team and you're the Hunt family or you're, if you're the Khan family down in Jacksonville and you want to, yeah, we want to send Urban on a private jet to Clemson. Yeah, we want to send them to meet with Trevor Lawrence in person, take him out to dinner, do all these whatever things. What if the cheap team or how many cheap teams will just be like, no, let's just Zoom. Well, we can't get the same. I'll well, figure it out. Remember when we did it in 2021? It seemed to be okay. Just figure it out. We'll Zoom. You know, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious how this will change. Does the combine, ultimately, does Indy suffer from this? Will well, the combine ever go back right to Indy, or will it go to L.A.? I would be, if I were the city of Indianapolis, I'd be very concerned. I think it goes because, to L.A. Because I think it's going to go to L.A. I think it's got a great chance to go to L.A. Um, the, I think the NFL would like it in L.A. They've got production studios in L.A. They've got the facilities there. A I ton think, of those kids train in L.A. or Arizona anyway, the top prospects. Yeah, yeah, you know? yep. And so. you've got now L.A. from a... Logistics standpoint is a nightmare compared to of Indy. Of course it is. Yeah. The one thing that people love about Indy is you, you put it downtown. It's at the convention center. It's at Lucas Oil. Everybody walks everywhere. It's easy yep. to get around. You never have to go outside. Um, and, and LA can't duplicate that, right? They can't do that. They so can't. The, the but it has all those hotels there, by the airport else. and the, and the, the stadium is legit. I mean, it's it's about ten fifteen minutes. It'd be in Columbus. It'd be about two minute drive from the airport. But you get the point because of all the traffic through Inglewood, um, yeah. Just traffic in general. Uh, but the goal is of that area that Stan built the stadium is to do multiple hotels. I've told sure. you this before. Kind of like a I think NFL Network is moving there as well. So think about just yep. the ease of that. If you have multiple hotels to where you're able to field these teams um, in the area. And then you're able to have NFL Network there. Hey, just come in studio, all these prospects, the whole thing. I'd, perfect weather. Um, try to highlight, try to force the NFL to work in LA, you know, by making it a year round deal there. I, 
I just think that it's. I hope it's not the case because I, I I want indie like India is such a good sports town and they do such a good job of hosting for these yep. types of events. You'd hate to have it get ripped from them just because. But look, the NFL does not care about the sentiment no. sentimental stuff. Look, they ripped a team out of St. Louis twice. Just saying, no, yep. just go. You know, and so um, they'll they'll ultimately in their big big plan of things, look at their way. Yeah, and the, the the thing that I would say would be when you talk about doing things different going forward only forever is is NFL teams basically send their entire like video production staff, their entire scouting staff, their entire ownership group, the entire front office. They all every team sends them to Indy. Yeah. Is that necessary going mm-hmm. forward? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that I changes. Know. So there's a lot of factors to this, let alone the business that gets done at the combine. Folks, don't, don't misconstrue this. The reason Odell Beckham Jr. is a Brown, and you can argue how that went the last couple of years, but the reason he's a Brown, it all started at the combine. Yep. With John Dorsey at a press conference saying, my phone's on, Dave Gettleman, give me a call. And then yep. two days later, they're talking in the stadium, and within a month, the deal's done, and Beckham's a Brown. That's how that started there. Those conversations start there. That's when everybody gets an idea. You want to do a draft board? You knew last year coming out of the combine that the Chargers are taking Justin Herbert come hell or high water. You knew two years before that Kyler Murray was going to the to the Cardinals. As crazy as it seemed at the time, you knew coming out of the combine that that was a done deal. And now that stuff is not going to be known. Mm. Outside of Lawrence going number number one, that stuff won't be known because the people who hold who on, would you haven't heard the momentum for Zach out, Wilson. You haven't you didn't hear that last <laughs> week. I'm a, I choose to ignore it. the The type of reporting that is done at the combine and in these type of loose slips, let's have cocktails at Harry and Izzy's type stuff. That's not happening. Yeah. So you're not going to have that information. The, the is, isn't the, that amazing? The information by the way? currency is going to be gone. Isn't that amazing? How only a like only a handful of teams. I feel like truly have the discipline to not have somebody in their organization not just get drunk and spill dumb news. There aren't many that don't. Almost all of them do. Like I and remember when we, crazy, when we drafted Gurley. Like there's there like there are stories from our strength coaches and stuff because everyone's in draft meetings. Sure. Um, but when we drafted Todd Gurley. They legit. They said the whole time it was just misinformation in those draft meetings, and only Lesney, Jeff Fisher, and Kevin Demoff um, knew that they were going to take Todd Gurley, and that everyone else they kept going about different positions, this and that, and so you would hear all this stuff getting leaked from the Rams, who we were going to take, and it was intentional because they knew when they went to the combine and some of these things, it's impossible to keep all these employees quiet because we all know our friend and we've all been there ourselves when you find, like I'm terrible at keeping secrets by the way. So if you want a secret, don't tell me. Like I can't even surprise my <laughs> wife. You know, like I can't surprise Shelly because like, it's like if I get her something, even when I proposed to her, I had this huge idea in St. Louis on what I wanted to do before a game, uh, have this really romantic idea. I couldn't wait. Once I knew I had the ring in my possession, it was like we were watching a Buckeye football game. We were at my house in St. Louis and she came around the corner. I was like in the laundry room with the garage door open. I was just on a knee. Boom, random. I just can't wait anymore. That's what I said. I can't wait anymore. Like I, I have no, I have no discipline in that. So let alone you imagine these people who are 
you know, having a good time. They know a scout from another team. You're having a few drinks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you just start sharing information like, oh, you think that about him? Man, he, that dude, you know, stinks. Well, then he can take a note. Okay, well, they're obviously not going there. But, you know, and it's like all this information gets spread because of the blabbermouth nature, let alone alcohol. Involved. Like this year, well, you're right. I think the, the information and misinformation will be really pushed down because you're not getting those intimate moments and kind of the social thing that is um, combine week. The other thing about it is that a lot of the people who have the loose lips, they they see somebody like Schefter or Mort or Pelissaro oh, or Rappaport. Yeah. Of course, because they know them. Yes. Because those guys will get their names out down the line. Yes. So this is – it's a whole thing that won't happen. You um, can always Yeah, tell. rest assured, it's not like a general manager. It's not Andrew Barry, the general manager no. of the Browns. He's not the one no. leaking. But no. it's some some scout – Who's yep. who sees somebody and sees, you know, whoever yes. pick one and of those he guys. Wants to climb. Nate Burleson there, to and he the goes, one. "Hey, Nate, man, listen to this." Yes. Then Nate goes on Good Morning Football and goes, "I've heard that this and this." And you go, "Oh, well, there you go. That's how it happens." But that stuff is off this year. You can tell oh. real quick when you call a game what coach wants to be mentioned and be a head coach. You yeah. can tell instantly because they start. They give you all this information and time and joking and you know I'm just like my goodness can we get this moving right but it's true like you can tell. Herb Street's the kingmaker with this he's done it for years he did it with Herman oh. here he did it with Fickle yep. here and we, I notice it because those are our guys but like he he was the kingmaker of coordinators yes and that's all you gotta do is just you have a little yep. thing hey this is it's not a bad thing it's just no you can tell it's how business is a, done who has an interest to go and you can tell who is like content and is not moving. And, and those people are, as you kind of get along with it, like those those guys who are not moving, if you will, are, you know, like the Pat Fitzgeralds. Like he's not giving you anything. Why Pat's? He's at his he's at his job, you know. Yep. And they're, most of their coordinators are at their jobs. So, but you go to some of these schools, and next thing you know, there's a story here or there, and you're like, oh, well, he's hoping that if this works, I give him yep. a little love because he gave me, uh, yeah. That's how it works. Um, I'll tell you something that didn't work is this thing that happened over the weekend with Cam Newton at his football camp. We will get to that coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, I just right here on The Fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Lauren Itis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And if you want to go over to the best car dealership in Columbus, Ohio, well, that's Jermaine Toyota. You can get an award-winning brand-new 2021 Tacoma, $259 per month for 39 months. Or if you want a Corolla now that the snow is melting, drive around on the nice little 270 Outer Belt or maybe go up 315. I don't know. Cruise through campus in a new Corolla, $188 per month. No money down. All offers are good for those that qualify. Do what I did. Go over to 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or online, JermaineToyota.net. When did you first see the Cam Newton video? Yesterday. Did you see the first video and then Cam's one that he posted? or did how, What was the order that you saw? I did that? not see Cam's video. I saw Cam Newton trending. I said, what happened to Cam? Did they cut him? Yeah. And then I saw this, and I said to myself... A bunch of thoughts went through my mind. First off was, damn, I can't imagine how boiling Cam's blood has to be. 
Real quick, let me time. jump in and just, just before you, because I just want to just lay the, just tell people what yeah. happened if they haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. So a video surfaces yesterday uh, from the perspective of the sidelines at what appears to be a seven on seven, and we later find out it was a seven on seven tournament of a young kid. What would you say, like sixteen, something like that, probably that age, fifteen, something sixteen, like seventeen, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, like basically chirping at Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's over, and apparently Cam Newton has a seven on seven team that he runs and he pays for and and uses and um you know it and and so they're competing in this thing and this kid is chirping at cam calling him a free agent i mean really talking trash to cam newton um and then cam is cam comes over and says he starts by saying i'm rich or whatever and then he's like where's your dad where's your dad and the kid just keeps chirping later a video is put out from cam's side where he's trying to have a conversation with the kid and the kid really isn't having it Go ahead. I just want to lay that out there. Now you can. Continue. Yeah. So I think. Um, uh, I think you know. There's a couple things at play here. Um, there's a culture with some. I don't want to say all because I, I think it's unfair to blame. But there's a culture of some that the, the kid accomplished his goal. He wanted to go viral. Yep. Um He's famous. And and there are and I think it screams to a deeper. It's a small microcosm what's wrong with our society in the sense of Cam's trying to have a conversation with him and he just keeps screaming the same thing. Like, you're a bum. You're washed up. You're a free agent. You're a free agent. Cam's trying to have a conversation. This is how our society argues on cable news. Well, oh, let's yeah. talk, let's talk about immigration. And no, you're stupid. Too. Let's talk about, let's talk about, no, you're stupid. Let's talk about, let's just have a conversation. No, 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 no. Like, it's like, that's how we do it. And by we, it's Republicans and Democrats. Democrats are Republicans. It's this situation right here. That's not, I mean, this kid, for one, I think he accomplished his mission of just getting noticed, um, which I wish we wouldn't give him all the, you know, retweets and the comments to him because it just elevates his, you know, I guess. To a limit it does. Yes, 15 seconds of fame. I will say this. Cam could have handled it better. Cam could have just kept walking. He could have went up and approached it however he wanted. Um, Any reaction is going to get this. Like, no reaction, I don't think, gets anything out of it. It just seems you could like go a, to the kid's coach and say, "Bring him over yeah. here. You're Cam over here. You're running. It's yes. your thing. Every yes. kid has your name. And if on, he doesn't come say, over, bring go. that kid over yep. here and then leave. But it's it's I don't know. I, I was I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked. I was just I was going through for one the emotions that would have arisen in me had I been in Cam's shoes, and then you go through like, well, how do you think you would like? There's all this reflection. Mm-hmm. All I know is. This dude won the Heisman Trophy. This dude won a national title. So let's already go through the percentages of like how rare it is to be a starter in high school football, right? And then how rare it is yeah. the percentages to be a starter in college football. How rare it is to go and play in the NFL. Then let's pare that down. And let's get to the percentages. And I don't know these percentages, these numbers, but we'll have the MIT kids try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What percentage would you be to be a Heisman winning, national championship winning, number one <laughs> overall pick, NFL MVP, going to a Super Bowl, and be the all time leader in passing yards and pass slash rush to touchdowns for an NFL franchise? Let's I pair can't that. Let's imagine put that. that that is a list. He's. I feel like. I, I mean, it could be more, but my guess is that's a list of one. My yes. guess is it's a list of one who's won an MVP, a national championship, a Heisman Trophy. I th- yes. my guess is that's a list of one. I, there yes. aren't that combination is so 
rare. Burrow has a chance to do it, but he's still got to win the MVP. Yeah. He's got to play in a Super Bowl. So, but I mean, in terms of, of Heisman, national championship, number one overall pick in the draft. Yes. Like that just, it's so rare to, to do all of those things. Yep. Yep. So rare. And I had I'm a just, couple of thoughts on this. Go ahead. I, I'll let you finish. I, just real quick. I just, I, I'm, it's just, it, it speaks to, um, I don't know. It's just without getting too philosophical, right, and, and deep in it, it. It's just an undercurrent of what's wrong with, um, or what can be wrong with a lot of this stuff. It's hard because I don't want to. Like I said, it's not everybody. It's not every young person isn't this way. I meet a ton of respectful young people. Um, yeah. And there's everyone's trying to find their 15 seconds of fame, and everyone thinks that they're a, a guru in some respect, right? Whether it's a I mean, how many people, what I always find amazing before, and I'll let you go because I don't want to go too long on a tangent, is the people who post all this stuff about how they're like experts in certain things, like home remodels and stuff, but you're not actually doing the remodeling. You're paying somebody to do the actual remodeling. Yeah. So you are not the expert. Right. Anyway, but keep going. I'm sorry. Go on. There's a lot to this, and there's something at the root of it that that to me is that I, I see for myself, and I, I can understand how this came about. Um, and we'll get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm. This is the Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Encova Insurance. 92-87, Michigan with a victory here in Columbus over Ohio State. Joining us now, Coach Chris Holtman. Chris, if you would, just share some of your initial thoughts with us about today's game. Yeah, it was uh, you know it was a game we just couldn't string enough stops together. Give, give them credit for this. I thought they played really well. They made a lot of shots. They uh, really, really made about every open shot in the first half. In the hmm. second half, we just couldn't string enough stops. Coach, when you look at uh, going against a team like Michigan with so many weapons, just share with us how difficult it is to double team or pay attention to Dickinson but they have perimeter players that are basically making every single three-pointer that they take yeah yeah no I thought uh you know I thought some of that you don't have to go back and look at it wrong but I thought uh, give them credit you know they got shot makers across the board I thought our physicality uh, particularly on the ball improved a little bit in the second half and that allowed us to do some things a little bit better but um uh, across the board, you know, they were one of ten in the second half. We knew, you know, we knew they wouldn't make as many threes in the, in the second half. But uh, but bottom line, they made them in the first half, and some of them were challenged, and some of them we didn't get there quickly enough. All right, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fan, 10 TV, and the Ohio Education Association. We honor classroom heroes. In these weird times, teachers and educators need our support and recognition more than ever. Nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes. Um, all right, so a couple of things on this uh, from the on this Cam Newton thing. Um, and, yeah, probably from, from the Cam perspective, the way that you handle that is you, you, you go to the kid's coach. If, if it bugs you. And I can understand how it would. Um, the kid being disrespectful, and you say, "Well, and this Cam Newton, by the way, what he does in the community is unimpeachable. It's unimpeachable. Countless things. He never asked for any of the any of the of the coverage either. He shows up at hospitals. Like he did. There's legendary stories from Charlotte about the, what he did for kids. Him going back to Auburn and with with sick kids there. I mean, he's done. He puts. 
he's he's in the he's in the community. So in that standpoint, this isn't somebody who just you know trying to get famous doing a seven on seven camp. Like that's not what it's not what he's about. Um, so could he have handled it differently? Yeah, grab the coach, grab the kid, bring that kid over here. We're gonna have a talk. Um, so that that I think is probably the way you handle that best, but. He didn't in the West. The rest is history. Clearly, uh, that is that is a minimal thing. Uh, number one, first thing that jumped out to me is social media tough guys. <laughs> yes. So this this kid thought he could behave this way. Why? Because he's either seen this behavior or enacts in this behavior in on social media. And right. Mike Tyson talked about this. Social media makes people think they're tough. Because they yes, don't have the, to ever the face direct, anybody. The direct quote, yeah, the direct quote is social media. Makes people forget that they can get knocked out. Yeah, right. Like in person, and and so you lose a little bit of fear, and it's a false sense of security because mm-hmm. if this kid does this in a in a situation other than this, he might get yeah. knocked out. Right? Yes. He didn't because you know Cam's not going to knock out a kid. Uh, but that's so that that There's was the a first certain thing. disrespect you can use over a phone, over social media, no question. Keyboard versus when you're face to face with social. somebody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's no question. Um. The the second thing that jumped out to me is, and this one is just more, just made me realize, I guess, how old I am. Cam's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. Like he was the coolest player in the NFL ten the years ago. Yes, yeah. eight years ago, the coolest player. Mm-hmm. What did he win the MVP? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, it's not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, my oldest son, the first team that he loved in the NFL was the Panthers because of Cam Newton. Right. Right, he was Superman. This yeah. isn't that long ago, yeah. right? I would I, the idea that Cam Newton doesn't walk on water wherever this game's being played. And my guess is it's somewhere near Charlotte. The idea that he doesn't walk on water is crazy to me. Crazy to me that any kid wouldn't be in awe of him. It doesn't even register my brain. Like if I had met or been at a camp where Deion Sanders was when he was right. playing with the Baltimore Ravens. Nothing in me would have said, you're a bum, you're not what you used to be. (laughs) I would have been in complete awe and been thinking of him high-stepping in Dallas, San Francisco, Atlanta, even Washington. Um, This is a register to me. Because my dad raised me under the... So my dad used to get fired up um, at people's disrespect because he used to say, you know, back in the day, you'd just get knocked out. That's what he'd tell people Mm -hmm. all the time. My dad, was, it's high strung. Um, not the best advice a lot he would tell me. So I, I'm not a fighter. I'm not. I'm. I'm this hasn't been it. I'm very patient uh, because my dad wasn't patient. <laughs> so I tend to go the <laughs> right. other way, uh, like my mother. But I'm very patient. Uh, tend to be non-confrontational and just kind of relaxed in, in uncomfortable situations like that. My dad is the polar opposite. I mean, polar opposite. I've told this story before. Going to a, a the gym in Minnesota that he owned gets cut off, you know, starts screaming at the guy out the window. Hey, tough guy, you want to pull over? The guy does pull over. My dad gets out Ooh. of the car wearing a gold gym's tank top. The guy literally <laughs> turns around, gets back in his car, drives off. Doesn't say a word. Just sees my dad, turns around, drives off. Like, nope, I'll, I'll pass. Jeez. And my dad's like, so I thought tough guy, you know, yelling out the window, gets in the car. Don't tell your mom. Um, <laughs> so. His whole thing was like people are very tough, like but, but that's a smaller scale that we're we're branching out the social media. My dad thought, oh, he's a tough guy behind his car. Get out of the car, you know. Like so, that's his yeah. whole theory. Like get out behind your thing and then say it to me. Say it to me yeah. in my face because there was the threat of 
if he if he really cocks back and smokes me, what could happen? And so my dad used to say all the time, like, why don't you, like, if I ever had an issue with a bully at school or something, he'd be say, why don't you just smoke him? And my mom'd be like, Joe, he'll get suspended and all that. Oh, I miss right. the days when you could just handle it on, you know, on recess. Just handle it. And I'm like, dad, that's not the way that, I can't imagine the world of social media and his thoughts, you know, deep now with people behind keyboards. Because you're right, like, at least when you're in person, like, if I have a disrespect, if I have an argument with somebody in person, your whole approach changes with the idea of the unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen. And that stems right. from fa- like a family argument. Like if I would get in a disagreement with my dad about something, the way I would see my... Like if we're doing this face-to-face, your whole tone changes versus if we're behind a telephone and he's four states away. <laughs> you know, that's a oh, total no different... And you're absolutely right. Like we obviously know what the bigger, and I'm not advocating that Cam should have just crow hopped and smoked him. You know, I, I'm not saying no, that of course at not. all, yeah. but I'm saying like, there's been a generation I think that's been raised and the, uh, and an idea of maybe there's not the idea of like, Oh, oh my goodness. And, but look, maybe, and, and there are some people who probably would try to actually provoke that because then guess what that leads to a lawsuit. So, sure. You know, I mean, really, it could have been a win-win for him. He could say, like, now, now he gets a little 15 seconds of fame, and if Cam Newton never comes up to me or like grabs me in any way, I could try to sue him and I'll get a little cash out of it. I, I don't know. It's just, regardless, it's so disrespectful, and it, it, it literally, I was like jaw dropped to like, oh my goodness, the amount of disrespect had my blood boiling, and then I went immediately to like, but I'm not surprised. I'm not and that's the last point I wanted to make, and it is. So, how do you get to this point? How does this kid get to this point? And Camps keeps saying, "Where's your dad? Where's your dad? Where's your dad? Where's your you know who's so, all right?" Yeah. So, so where did this kid learn this behavior? Right, some peer is how, where he learned this behavior, right? Yes, or yeah. someone didn't force this kid to have a certain mm-hmm. type of behavior and respect his elders, let alone somebody great like Cam. Like you'd never yeah. talk to somebody older like this ever. So, let alone that. But then, what's the next step? What's the next step of enabler? It's that coach. Yeah. Yep. It's the youth coach who comes in and he's trying to pacify a kid in Cam Newton instead of grabbing the kid by the jacket and right. saying, get out. Right. Get the hell out of here. The coach right. comes in and he's trying to pacify this conversation between Cam and this kid. And it's like, wait a second. Well, how does that happen? Because what happens in travel, what happens in AAU, what happens, I guess, in these seven and sevens, is there is a lot of enabling of these kids. There's yep. a lot of it because you yep. want the talented ones to play. And yep. so then that comes. So, so all right, so where's your example? Who's holding you accountable? And then you say, well, what is the end game for something like this? Somebody like Mark Pantone, if this kid's good enough, who knows if he is or not? If this kid's good enough, these are the things Mark Pantone has to sort through. Yep. And say, I can't have him. I can't have this right. kid in my program. Yep. Can't have this. And that's the job of the college recruiter. So we can talk about this kid got Instagram famous. He got all this stuff. This, this video though will haunt him as if he's good enough. It will haunt him if he's trying to play college football because it's a behavior that at Ohio State, we're not going to, you're not going to have that type of stuff. Right. So, and, and Cam gave a great post and detailed it all in terms of what he was trying to do and all of it. It's just an ugly spot that to me showed like all of the negatives and all of the things that I have to, that I try to protect my kids from. I work like mm-hmm. hell to try to, to teach them to have respect and to be good people. I just want to be good people, yeah. right? That's what you want most. 
and you want to make sure that they have a certain respect for their elders. And it's hard. It's there's hard because there's a lot of bad layers, examples out man, there. There's so many more layers to it, too, right? The yeah. AAU coach or the 7-on-7 seven seven coach who wants the best players to play, doesn't want to upset them, so you enable them. And then when they do make it, you hope that they help pay you back. It's like this whole culture yeah, of deep layers of just enabling. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's it, shocking. But it, Shocking but it's thing. been taught, or it's been caught by how Some, their elders, right? He either learned it, it's been vocalized, or it's just been caught naturally off of somebody who he looks up to behaving this way as well. He didn't just think of yeah. it on his own. No, no, he didn't. Uh, and he, yeah, that's the first thing you, you do when you think of a kid misbehaving. I'm like, what are the parents teaching him? Mm-hmm. Um, who are his role models? Who are the people who tell telling him right for wrong? We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, hard-hitting talk, and Rothman saving dogs. You know, just a typical day at a sports radio station. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Before we get to thing or not a thing, so this kid has apologized uh, for Cam via Twitter. Asked for forgiveness. <laughs> Etc. Um, yeah, I mean, he said his parents didn't raise him to be this way, um, and so forth. So we'll see. Do you think the parents saw that and had a word? You're I going to think. apologize if you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that there. Which, would by be the way, a, I've been there. I've been there where you do something, and um, for instance, I can go. Well, I'll do it later because I know we got a thing or not a thing. But yes. <laughs> I'll put it this way. It was going it was it was how about spending the night at a friend's house whose parents uh-huh. were out of town with while you're in high school, you know? Uh, um yep. Yeah. That's some, not a fun. Some apology. guys, some girls, yeah. mom and dad find yep. out about it. You're going to drive your you know what over there, look them in the eye and apologize. Come on, why can't I get this call? No. Nope. We did not raise you that way. Okay. Yeah. That's Tough road to home, my oh, friend. That's time a tough for one. Oh, my heart's starting to race now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> it's time for a little thing or not a thing. Bodie's here. Go ahead, Bob. Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, guys, first up, you kind of touched on this one just a little bit earlier. Some good news here on the CBJ front. Over the weekend, they received approval to begin hosting fans at Nationwide Arena. Beginning next Tuesday on March 2nd, they'll be allowed to host fans at a capacity of 10%, which is about 1,900 fans. Thing or not a thing? It's a huge thing. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, by the way, I would think anybody who's been vaccinated, and then that goes back, I guess, to the proof of how you're going to prove you've been vaccinated. But if you've been vaccinated, what you think you'd be able to go to anything? At this point, you would think, Bo, so, but according but to Dr. Dr. Fauci, guess, he said that your grandparents who have been vaccinated, it's not safe to see them, but they've been vaccinated. So, do you still have to wear a mask while vaccinated? I don't know. There's a whole lot of questions in that nobody has answered. Vaccine to. was rushed quickly, man. I mean, it was put in quickly, so it's it was, you know, it was. That's it's real time science. It's hard, it. but it's just hard it when you don't like. Science, yeah. And here's the issue: it all comes down to right. And this is I'm not trying to get political, but you have the same guy who tells us not to wear masks at one point, telling us to wear masks, and so you wonder why there's a lack of trust. Well, we live in the information age. You can pull up any quote from anybody. And put it on a screen and say, well, this same person is saying this, and it it's a new disease. Anyway, I'm not going to go on down that tangent. Yeah. Anyway, 10% is great. I'm going to choose the optimistic side of this. 1,900 fans is great. How about we put some goals in net and let them fire the cannon? <laughs> How about that? That would be even better. 
The Minnesota Timberwolves have, have fired their head coach, Ryan Saunders. The oh, T-Wolves currently man. have the, the high worst record Ryan. in the NBA. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, Flip lived right down the street from us. So Ryan and I went to the same high school as younger sister, Mindy. Uh, they also have twin girls younger than that. But yeah, Ryan, Ryan was a... So we were in high school at the same time. Crazy. Unfortunately yeah. for him, the T-Wolves have the worst record in the NBA at 7-24. Yes, and 24. They do. Yes, they This do. is kind of interesting, though. I'm not sure I've ever really seen this happen. They're already finalizing a deal to make Raptors assistant coach Chris Finch as their next head coach. Thing or not a thing? What part of it is is that you haven't seen before? That uh, they the just second had a guy part. ready? Yeah. Yeah, that they had a guy ready? Um, well, I mean, this has been trending this way. This is one of the most... When they had when they drafted Carl Anthony Towns and they got Andrew Wiggins in the trade for the Cavs from Kevin Love, you said that is a team to deal with in the next few years, and they have wildly disappointed. Carl Anthony Towns three or four years ago, you wouldn't there weren't too many guys in the NBA you'd pick over him, and now he just seems to be kind of like a dude. So they are a real tough watch, and and they seem to they're having a tough tough go of it, and really for large parts of their franchise they have. Yeah, I'm not. I have no idea deep into the history of what has went wrong for them. I know Carl Anthony Towns had COVID. I know he's spoken yep. about how COVID kicked his butt. Um, so as part of that bow performance, just trying to get stuff back that he has, you know what I mean? I don't know. Look at my, ask Miles Garrett how it went after yeah. he had COVID. Um, and there are some studies that say that some of these people won't get full lung function for a full year after getting infected. We don't know, right? So yeah. the long... It's a newsflash. The long-term implications of this thing haven't been studied because it hasn't been long-term yet. It hasn't been a year. So anyway, um, regardless, whenever you have the worst record and it's midseason, you're not going to stick around. You're just not. Got time for one more here. Alex Sherman of CNBC has reported that the NFL is hoping to double the broadcasting right from their network partners. Sherman has also reported that CBS, NBC, and Fox are more likely to accept that, whereas Disney, who obviously owns ESPN, has pushed back at that price tag. Thing or not a thing? Did you see the pushback, Bo? What they want? No, I didn't. They want they want ABC. They they no Disney wants a double. Basically, they they said if you're going to try to do that, we want you to double. We want a double header on Monday Night Football. One on ABC, one on ESPN. We're not paying you double. Disney's trying to flex on them. Well, they can flex all they want, but if they don't want it, Amazon will. No doubt. No doubt. You think Fox wouldn't like to like to have uh, Monday Night Football? Of course they you would. Think CBS wouldn't want Monday you Night Football. You don't think Fox would say, "Hey, NBC? we'll take it. We'll let Amazon double stream it." We already do that anyway with sure. Thursday Night Football with NFL Network and Fox and Amazon. You can get three different ways to watch Thursday Night Football when you get late in the season. Hell, what? Nickelodeon Junior. You, 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 you want some slime? NBC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> NBC, you want to do – we'll have uh, Michaels and Collinsworth on Sunday, and we'll have Tarico and Drew Brees on Monday. Yeah. Let's go. We're ready. What do you think? We're in. Amazon, you want we'll in? How it. about Apple? Apple, you want in with yeah. Apple TV? You want some? You can have exclusive streaming. Google? You can offset some of the costs. How about you, Google? Do you want some? Yeah. No, they, they – if, if, if Disney's not going to play, they ain't going ain't gonna to matter. There are other people. There are other people who will want it, for sure. Um, all right, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll take a look back at a uh, an awesome basketball game that did not go your way, but does not take away from the awesomeness of it. Uh, we will get into that coming up next. Brendan Quinn will join us uh, at the bottom of the hour from the Athletic on the college basketball front as well. Final hour up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Two legends. One show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Morinitis.
get to the hoops here in just a second. Did you watch any of the uh, – were you aware that there was any FCS football going on this weekend? Uh, I was aware. I did not watch any, no. Were you made aware once the Deion Sanders stuff came to light? No, I knew about it before then, just because of, of screenshots on the Soch of, like, you know. Yeah. I love how people are calling it spring football. People, it's winter, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's winter football. Yeah, North Dakota State and Youngstown State, that's that's a cool one, obviously. A lot of historical, historical fun there that they got yep. it done. And, um, yep. I looked into this last week. There's, you know, basically they're going to try and it's, – it's really scattered, really – no guidance and everyone just trying to sort it out and get games in. It's it's going to be pretty hold chaotic. On, hold on. And NCAA, no guidance. <laughs> right. Oh, it's tough. How dare you? You're going to do a tournament at some point, but some teams are playing, some aren't. It's it's going to be very, very difficult and, and mm-hmm. pretty strange. And the Deion Sanders story was a huge part of it. So if you missed this, uh, he's coaching Jackson State, and they play a NAIA team, and they win 53 to nothing. Troy Aikman shows up at the game. Did you see that video? I did. Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman showed up at the game uh, to support Dion, um, and then afterwards, Dion's at the press conference talking about how you know he, but he's mad, visibly mad. You can see, and he says that all of his stuff was stolen out of his locker, uh, that mm. the wallet, phone, everything. Yeah. So then the the Jackson State athletic director comes on and says, "No, it was. It was just misplaced." To which point, Dion then, or Coach Prime, as he's known comes on and says, well, so no, it wasn't. I, my no, assistant wasn't. watched him taking it, Yeah, and we've got a witness. How does this end well for him there? Oh, I don't know. It's the second time he's had theft happen Yeah, since he's gotten there, um, which then led to a whole lot of amazing comments on the Twitter thing that I was reading. It's amazing how like sometimes the comments are more entertaining than the actual posts that you looked at. Yeah. And then you just keep going down this rabbit hole of like, why am I even reading this? Like, um, it's like Billy Madison. Like, we are all now dumber. <laughs> We're all now dumber. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know how it ends for him. I know like recruiting has been going fine for him as he's gotten what a couple yeah. four stars and stuff. But I and he would, I don't he know what's the comments. end game. What's the end game? Get it back to Florida. I State? think he probably wants to coach at like Florida State or something. Yeah. Would be my guess or Coach University Prime. Did he dub he that himself? To. Hey, Dion. Question. No, Coach Prime, please. Oh, okay. Well, the coach. athletic director even addressed him as Coach Prime. It's amazing. Yeah, twenty first of so, Prime. Remember that segment on NFL it, Network? I do. Yeah, yeah. He. I think it's. I think it'll be fascinating to see what what he wants out of this and how yeah. dedicated he will be to this. We've talked about it before in terms of the grind of a college coach. Like, do you are you up for that? If yeah. you're Deion Sanders, that's something you're up for. Right. Um. So so I think all of that stuff is is pretty fascinating. Um. This is tr- obviously it's troubling that twice he's had his stuff grabbed and twice it was recovered. Right. Um, so obviously that's an inside job if somebody's getting it. I mean, it's his home locker room that it's happening in. It's not like they were a road. So team. if someone witnessed it happen, here's my yeah. question. You said someone witnessed it happen. Well, if that person saw someone taking your stuff, why wouldn't he have just pursued that person and asked for it back? Right. Yeah. Why did it take so that? Hey, to you're, get back? you know what you're doing there. You know whose stuff yeah. you've got there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, be it'll know. be interesting. I don't know what the I do, I do wonder like you know would would you even if you're him would you even want to be the coach at a place like Florida State? Do you want to be the coach at a place like Texas A and M or something like that? Do you want to have that type of? Do you want that? I you know I don't know. I don't know what what comes with it. But he's doing it now. Um, how long he does it is a is a something for you know another conversation. It's one. It got in that conversation you and I had last week or so. Uh, was it Martellus Bennett who had the Twitter? 
feed on yes. what to do when you're done. Yes. Yeah, and so that's for there. There's all sorts of levels, but Dion's a great example. He's the biggest star on the planet. Yep, one of them. Um, during certain parts of the '90s, I mean, you go well. Look at the thirty for thirty. The guy played in an NFL game and a World Series game in the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so the that he was that big. And then when it's done, you know, you go to I think he went to CBS NFL right out of the gates, and then from there he went to NFL Network, and um, you know, it never nothing ever could quench it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, that- I don't think it's about money. I'm sh- I'm thinking it's probably not. He made a lot. Made um, a lot. So so. That doesn't necessarily mean you keep it all, but I haven't heard anything yeah. that he has any sort of financial issues. Um, but what what what's your why, as you always say? And that can be hard, even if you're Deion Sanders. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's one of the biggest misnomers I think people have of pro athletes is that, and even athletes while they're playing, because I used to be one of these um, – youngsters that thought I'm going to play football and then when I'm done I'll just relax for a little while even when I was in the NFL I was like even that first year I was like I'm gonna take a year off my agent was telling me just take a year off man like just don't do anything for a year and see what really you know makes you want to get up in the morning and go do and I had retired like right before the new year we're in Nashville it's like November or December and um, I was planning to take off that whole next football season and it wasn't until like I mean, March of that first year, I did broadcast boot camp to where I'm doing mm-hmm. studio stuff for Big Ten Network that fall. I just couldn't – I got so bored so instantly because it's like what – so the misconception that waking up and doing nothing is like a just a beautiful, luxurious thing to do. No. It's not. No. It's not. You get in your head. You start wondering what what's the purpose of everything. Why am I here? What am I doing? Um what what's not, you know and so there's multiple different you know things that kind of go through your head and f- when you've played football since you were f- you know fourth grade one of the things is deep down is just the fact of like that's the rhythm of life that you know it's fall i'm supposed to go to a locker room play ball and then the more and more you you know rise through football and it becomes fall and spring with a certain amount of time away from each other, you know, from away from it. Even your schedules, it, buddy. Everything Every about half your hour life. of your life was scheduled. Yes. So everything, you know, and so you miss some of that structure. You miss some of the purpose. Uh, and it's just like any other job. Like you get in the spring, like when you go back for the first day of off-season workouts, you're excited to be there. By two weeks in, it's like any other job where you're like, or like when you're at school, like you had a break away from school, right? Christmas break. You're kind of excited to go back and see your friends. Like, oh, this is cool. Then by the end of the week, you're already complaining about being back in school. It's that same rhythm of life in football. Even when you're doing something you love, like, you're, man, I just need a break. I just need a week to just decompress. And then you take a week, like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go back. Let's go. Let's go ball. Let's go work out. You know, it's like that's, that whole rhythm is just stripped from you. And yep. so there's still times. This morning, I go to the gym. I know exactly. I could tell you every single workout that we did while playing. But I hate, and it sounds so high maintenance, and it probably is. Shelly will tell you. But I hate going in there and not having like a, a, a sheet given from a coach to say, do these. So now you're like, you're just trying to create it on my own little like, notepad. Here's what I should do. And sometimes I'll text my old you know, strength coach, but hey, send me something to do for this week. Because it's so much easier when you're direct, like you have a direction, you have a sure. goal, you have this. When you're solo, um, you know what to do. It's just like you got to push yourself to go do it and. It is just a so you understand why guys like Dion and guys who kind of go back and forth, you totally understand it. Let alone if you go outside and Bo, what's even deeper and what Martellus got at 
when I retired, I was 30 years old. And so then I call my buddies who have been already in the grind for eight years on their line of work, whether sure. it be in construction or whether it be in um, my one buddy was an agent. You know, he works as a side agent. And now he's a main agent. He's off on his own. Like they're getting their promotions as you are starting from at scratch or something. So yeah, you get a, you get an in, right? You get you go back into the media and you get an in because of your career. But very rarely are you going to be Tony Romo, or very rarely are you going to be even like as quick rising as Brian Hartline. But Brian Hartline goes into his profession, and guess what? He started as quality control, and because yep. of circumstances, now he finds himself as wide receivers coach. But he didn't start right at wide receivers coach. You know, no. those are very rare stories of the guys who are like uh, Demarco Murray, who went right from being at Fox. Demarco Murray was doing Fox College football, and then Kevin Sumlin said, "Come do it at Arizona." He goes to Arizona with Sumlin, and then Oklahoma calls him, goes, "No, come home, come be a running backs coach." He never did quality control. He went right from yeah. that to running back coach. Never co- that's, that's that's a very rare story. Yeah, and I think people have a misconception. And these are stars. These are stars. Yes. Yeah. Yes. These are stars. Um, the the idea so Dion, of, it goes back uh, to Dion. Like, what's his why? Like, what's his is it to give himself purpose? What gets him is it up to get in the back morning? to Florida yeah. State? Is it? Yeah. What is it? What's the goal? What's the thing? What gets the what gets the fires burning? I've told this parts of the story before. I had an acquaintance who won the Powerball, and this is different than athletes, but I think it kind of all comes together and it brings you back to Dion. And that money money makes you worry about a lot less, right? I'm not yep. going to minimize that. It's yep. it's it helps a great deal, but it's also but it is not a all. And this, this acquaintance of mine, one of my really good friends, good friends, uh, won Powerball, a couple hundred million dollars he hit when he hit it. Yeah. And he, he was single. He spent the first year really partying uh, with buddies, and they would he would rotate buddies, and they would go to Rio, and they would go to Monaco, and they would go to the best parties in Bali, you know, whatever. He did this from a year, and he goes, all of a sudden, I had to make a decision. Either I was going to put all of these people on my payroll – Mm-hmm. To party with me, he was in his early thirties when he did when he won it. Um, either I'm going to put all these people on the payroll and they're going to party with me. I'm going to pay him to do it, or, or I got to find something to do. Yes, because these people have families, they have wives, they have like they they can't do this. Like either they're I'm going to pay people to party with me, and then I realize well, what's the fun of that? Paying right. people to party with me and hang out with me, or I need to find something. And he actually went to work for his fi- the guy who was running his money. Yeah, and he's a financial planner now. And that's yeah. what he does, uh, because he had to have a why. And that's that is, look, no one's going to have a sob story for him because no, obviously he no. doesn't have things to worry about. No one's having no. a sob story for Deion Sanders. My point no. is though, you got to have a reason to get up. Right. And what's his to get up right now? In his mind, it's getting back to coaching because that's where my joy is, and I want to do this. This is an incredible challenge. I'm going to go to an HBCU. I'm going to recruit four stars. We're going to win. We're going to get guys to the league. That's the why for him right now. Yep. And, and so I'm gonna prove, are, and I'm going to prove yeah. to my alma mater that I can do yeah. it, and I am the right Watch guy me to do come it. home. Yes. Watch me do it. Yeah, and that's that's his why for right now. You didn't need a why to watch this Buckeye basketball game on Sunday. It spoke for no, itself. Three against four. Uh, you'll hear from Coach Holtman on what was an absolute classic, uh, and also the road ahead for the Buckeye basketball team. It is a sturdy one. We get to it coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, right here on The Fan. On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. But chaos. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis is right here on The Fan. 
And if you have water that leaves those hard, chalky deposits on your faucets or maybe smells like chlorine, well, why don't you call Connecticut Columbus? They'll come out. They'll test your water for you. They'll share the results. And then they can recommend a system customly designed for your house and your water to fix your issue. Why don't you go to ConnecticutColumbus.com and figure out how you can get an additional $200 off any new equipment purchase today. ConnecticutColumbus.com. This is what happens when both teams are good. Mm. It's fun, right? It is. Now, it's not like football where a loss is something that, you know, you're right back at it. We got Michigan State on Thursday. We still got to play Iowa. We still got to play Illinois. Um, So you've got a full day ahead of you still. But it is so much fun to play a game of this level that we were treated to yesterday. Does it stink that you lost? Yeah. But isn't it fun? We had Ronnie on in the first hour, and Ronnie Stokes was able to go, yeah, remember this stands at the end of the first half. That's a four-point swing. This stands at the 10-minute park. Ten-minute mark. This is one mistake that leads to a six-point swing. Those type of things. When you're able to do that, that's when you got a program, and we absolutely have a program with Coach Holtman. So does Michigan with Juwan Howard. They've got a program, yeah, and these two teams are going to be together and against each other. Beeline certainly laid the groundwork, and Howard taking it to another level at Michigan right now. Looks like in the recruiting, Mata to Holtman feels like the same. These two will see each other a lot when both are good. That's the way this thing is going to go going forward. Um, we, we asked Ronnie, what can you do from an adjusted standpoint? Not much if they're going to shoot it the way they shoot it. And here's Coach Holtman on Michigan's ability to shoot the three yesterday. They've got a good shooting team. Some guys were numbers were better in the first half than they, they were making shots at a higher clip maybe than what their percentages have shown. Some of it was a byproduct of us being in scramble situations, worrying about the big fella too much. And some of it was they made some tough shots. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes team makes shots, and there's plays here and there that go the other way. To me, what this did, buddy, is it tells me that Michigan is absolutely in the category with, with Baylor and with Gonzaga, and it says that we're right there. Mm-hmm. We're right there. It does. Look, coach used to say, hey, they're on scholarship too, right? I mean, <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day, uh, that's what they're they're there to execute, and they did it quite well. And, and I thought that that was my gut feeling leaving this, and it was good to hear Ron talk about it. But what's the difference? How do you get over the hump next time? You played a certain way, and it wasn't enough. I loved how he said, I, I was fine with the game plan. Mm-hmm. I just think you got to hope Michigan doesn't shoot it that hot. And I think that's part of it, right? Like if you're if you're a Buckeye fan, you could say to yourself, "Man, I really like the way we played." You can't have wishful thinking and be like, "Well, I wish we def- defended the three better and the big man better." Guys, we're not. We don't have a seven-one player down low. You know, like these guys are great and they played their tails off, but there are, there were certain things that the game plan said to say, "You know what? We're gonna try to take stuff away and we're gonna make them hit some shots," and they did. Oh, you know what I mean? That, that's, okay. that's like a football D coordinator to do it in a football sense of saying, you know what? I don't think that quarterback back there can beat us as a true pack, you know, pocket passer. Don't think he can do it. So let's stop the run. Let's keep him contained. And then he goes out and throws for 325, and you're like, well, I didn't see that coming. They they beat us. Okay. Michigan played well. Yeah. Michigan played really well. And so uh, I'm I'm more confident, I guess, about this team even after yesterday than, than I was before, to be honest. There was, there was still part of me that was like, I know this team's on a roll. But how, I mean, how really good, like, wait till we play the big dogs again, you know? I, I knew we'd beat Iowa, I knew we'd beat Illinois, but Illinois has been on fire, they seem like a new team again. I really wanted to see how this next two weeks closed out, and after yesterday, I'm like, okay, 
okay, this team's for real. And then now I'm sitting here saying, what's their mental toughness like, Bo, to be able to switch it, looking at Sparty, who is not the Sparty of old, but it is still Sparty. Can they come, can they get their mindset back, right? Can they can they get over the fact of the disappointment of, damn, we just lost to our rivals. That stinks. And can they get their mindset back? And then I went a step further, and I said, if you're Michigan and you get through these, I think they have five games left with the makeups. Do you even play in the Big Ten tournament? I, yeah, that's a good question. I would Is think that they it? would. I would think they would just to get to play games, and you yeah. want to, you know, you can hang banners for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, that that's works. That stuff. I never cool. even thought I about until our guest, who was could. our guest, we had on last week, who said that like they don't think Jordan Cornette maybe. Yeah, I know I we had to get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan said he goes, I don't think that if we win, you know, whoever wins the title, should they even what, what do they get to gain from playing in the tournament? And it was more right. of a COVID standpoint, but you know, yeah, that's true from the COVID standpoint, yeah. Yeah, but this team's already been through it. So if you're Michigan, you're thinking, we've already been through it. We already got ransacked yeah. by it. So, you know, we're fine. But it was just a fascinating point. I hadn't even really thought about it until he had brought it up. Yeah, Tony Gerdeman, Buckeye Scoop, with a, I've had a pretty good um, a good tweet here yesterday. That, you know, we were talking about their shooting. Michigan shot 10 of 13 from three in the first half. They outscored Ohio State by two. They went one of 10 in the second half in Ohio and outscored Ohio State by four. And he just wrote impressive. And it is. It is impressive. It's awfully damn impressive. They can mm-hmm. beat you a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, this Buckeye can, team can too. I, I think if you ask Coach Holtman a couple of things you get better at, well, you like to have a little more diversified offense. Yeah. You had three guys do all the scoring. That's hard. That's really difficult to win that way. Um, with, with three guys carrying so much of the load offensively. So that's, that's something that jumps out to you. Dwayne was sensational. EJ sensational. CJ was great. Um, but you're going to need a little more out of Arns and Suing and Young. And, you know, they're going to need to fill it a little bit more. And so if you're going to be a team that can beat Baylor and Michigan and Gonzaga, if you're going to be a team that can win the national title, then those are, those things have to be a little bit more evenly spaced out. Um, but if Michigan's going to shoot it that way, to Ronnie's point, if Michigan's going to shoot it away, there's not much you can do. Mm. Not much you can do. They're going to hit 11 threes and shoot 50% from three. That's what you did. You shot 50% from three. Yeah. They shot 47-8. The difference is they got a guy down low who can sc- who scored 16 points in 16 minutes in the second half. It's hard to overcome that, man. It is. Uh, in this case, it was too much. You asked about what comes next. Well, it's pretty difficult. You got Michigan State, as you mentioned, on Thursday, and then you got to play Iowa and you got to play Illinois. So pack a lunch, full day, every day. And that's what this league does. That's how strong this league is and, and what it brings to you. And I think it'll make you tougher. I think the battles that you go through in this league, this is so, we are the SEC of college football. That's what we are to college basketball this year. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. Yeah. Every team, there are, you add, you think about us, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, those four teams, maybe Iowa, maybe not quite there, but I still think if they get Hawks, they can score with anybody. You got four teams that can win a national title. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think so. Every single game, and the fact that you play two of them and then your last three is going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. It's great. It's a great learning curve for you. It's a way to get tougher. How does this team respond? This team has responded to everything, and I think they'll be fine. And I honestly feel if we won or lose, win or lose, you'd feel a little better if you win, obviously, but I don't feel anything negative in this loss. Nothing. No. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think I, I just take it as you lost to a team. Um, I won't say necessarily a better team. I think a team that just executed better, as Ron said. Yeah, I think it's just couple a couple of plays. 
executed better. There's a couple plays here and there. Um, and, and, you know, like Coach Day says on the football front, when talent equates, this is a game where it did. And those small plays, those little that four-point swing at the end of the first half, those are the things that kind of make the difference in these tight matchups. And you have the benefit to learn from it. Um, you should have a ton of confidence coming out of a film session watching it just saying, gosh, we were so close, man, this play here, this play there. And it's not an excuse. It's an, it's, yeah. it's an explanation for why things sure. went the way they did, right? So there's a difference between when you get blown out and you're, you're trying to make all these excuses to build confidence. Coach Holtman doesn't have to do that. Coach Holtman can go in there and be brutally honest with his guys because they all know that they, they played really well, but there's just a few plays that were the difference. And, and you know, ultimately that's why they got the L. Yeah, sometimes that's it. Sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar eats you, and that's what happened yesterday. Uh, Brandon Quinn will join us coming up next. Covers college basketball for The Athletic. You listen to Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. Zen Mikowski, an offensive lineman at 6'6", 288 pounds out of Floyd's Knobs, Indiana. In Floyd Central High School, is the fourth-ranked player in the state of Indiana by 247 Sports. As a senior, he helped his team go 7-3 and three this past year. They had a season. As Coach Ryan Day said, that was not normal this past fall for high school players. A strange year because a lot of these guys didn't play. Zen did. And we saw right away when we watched this film, Mark brought it down, Stud looked at it. And everybody said, what, what are we missing here? And we just kept watching this film. And, and then he played against Elder and just did a great job there. And we're like, this is this guy has a chance to be special. And he's in our footprint. And so, uh, you know, really excited to get Zen as well. Zen Mikowski grew nearly seven inches and gained almost 100 pounds during his high school career. This report was brought to you by SafeLight and by Speedway. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network, presented by the James. Two guys who love to see it. Well, Bishop James Lornitis with you here on a Monday reaction edition of the program. Time to head out on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with Brendan Quinn. Covers college hoops for The Athletic. Brendan, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we think we saw a pretty good one here yesterday. I'm not sure if a college basketball games have played at a higher level this season. Uh, what did you make of what happened here in Columbus? Yeah, I thought it was a, a terrific game, um, about as efficient and uh, back-and-forth of a game as you could hope for. I mean, the, you know, neither team really ever had more than a two-possession lead. Uh, shots were just going in all over the place. Both teams shot 53% from the field. Both teams had, like, over point, or over 1.2 or 3 points per possession. I mean, that was about as good as it gets at the college level. Yeah, Brendan, does this does this change your perspective at all on either team? I mean, obviously Michigan's well on their way to, to being a one seed, but how about Ohio State, a game this competitive? Uh, not too much left in the season, but they have a grueling schedule coming up with Michigan State, Illinois, Iowa, you know, those three teams still on the docket, and then let alone the Big Ten tournament. But just what what's your opinion of both of these squads after that epic matchup yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I, I've covered uh, Michigan, so... I kind of I bought in on that a while ago to see the the amount of options that they have and the amount of um, different ways that they can beat teams. I I thought as always in my mind had them as a pretty legit Final Four contender. Um, The fact that they could beat Ohio State in a game of that quality with Mo with uh, Mo with Franz Wagner um, being one of 
the few players who didn't reach double figures. It kind of shows their balance. It shows their overall talent level. Um, Ohio State, yeah, high on them. Um, I'm a little worried about, in terms of closing out this season, um, them defending the five spot. Uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson obviously was terrific yesterday. And you look at the road to get out the door and you see um, Kofi Coburn there. You see Luca Garza there. Um, you know, I know that they've played those guys before and they, and Ohio State already beat Illinois and Iowa, but the, the defense overall for Ohio State to me is a little bit more concerning than what, uh, I saw from, from Michigan. Yeah, and I, I think that's very valid. If you think of, of when the – there haven't been too many, but when you think of the struggles, it was Minnesota early and, and now what happened here uh, against Michigan where you lose to a very good team and are, you know certainly have some issues down low defending it. Um, this stretch left uh, with Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois. The Big Ten, it, from our vantage point, it feels like you know if you can win – if you can beat Iowa, and certainly the Illinois game could feel like it could be for a number one seed, doesn't it, Brendan? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten's going to get two number ones, don't you think? Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it, that's that's pretty tough. I mean, the, the Big Ten, if it's going to happen, this would be the year to do it. If you go by efficiency ratings, the big this year's version of the Big Ten is right up there with, like I think it's the 2007 ACC, maybe as the highest-rated conference in the Ken Palm era, which goes back to 2002. So, you know, if you want to make a case for a league warranting two number ones, this would certainly be it. Brendan, in your view, which um, how many teams, I guess is the way to, to put it, how many teams in the Big Ten do you think have a legitimate shot at making a run at the national championship? Uh, I'd probably say... Three, uh, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State. Um, I just can't get there with Iowa, with that, with the defense, and with the way that they sometimes find ways to lose games and the the, the late season struggles that that they have had. Um, it just feels like, you know, the 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 stock that's sitting there asking to be bought that you know you're going to lose money on. Um, so yeah. it's just kind of like a sucker's bet, Iowa. So I'd say those three though are certainly um, are certainly final four. I'd put it at final four contenders as opposed to national championship contenders because you know getting through Gonzaga or Baylor on a national on a uh, neutral floor is is certainly going to be a big ask. Like none of those three teams would be favored against Baylor or Gonzaga. So you know in terms of winning a national championship, that's let, let's let's see how many teams get to the final four first. Is is you did this what Michigan did yesterday? Does this change your view? Because earlier I was putting them in. I felt like I can almost put them in the category of Gonzaga and Baylor. Like they feel right there to me in terms of 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 all the problems they can present. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I to me yesterday kind of just really encompassed the entire year for Michigan, where on any given night they could have their three you know three different guys beat you. Right, you almost have a little pot of players, whether it's you know all right a uh, uh, Franz Wagner. And an Isaiah Livers and uh, and Shondi Brown get you this night, and then Isaiah Livers and Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks get you next night. Well, in this game, it was very much the collective, and that's how you get the ninety-two points against a team like Ohio State. You know, you had you had Dickinson, Livers, Wagner, or I'm sorry, Dickinson, Livers, uh, Brooks, Brown, and 
Mike Smith, all in double figures. Mike Smith talks about him, and if you'd swapped his jersey, and he looks a lot like Xavier Simpson at this point, the way that he's running yeah. that offense. I mean, he has them dialed up. Some of the drop passes he made to, to Dickinson were just at such a high level, and his feel for the offense is, is right up there. So, you know, you've got an All-American candidate at the five. You've got a, um, a point guard who now really has a feel for his teammates and, and has Michigan dialed up. You've got shot makers all over the place. And their defense ain't bad either. I mean, I know they just gave up 87 to Ohio State, but they're still the number one rated um, defense in the Big Ten in Big Ten games on Ken Palm. So, you know, this, this is kind of an outlier, and Ohio State made a ton of shots. But, you know, Michigan's really done a solid job against bottling teams. And, uh, you know, look, they've got Iowa this week. they got Illinois next week. Um, in terms of the here and now and winning uh, a Big Ten championship, it's it's right on the table. So, um, yeah, they've been wildly impressive all year. And, uh, you know, that Minnesota game, that's their one loss. If you go back and look at it, Eli Brooks didn't play that day. Um and I know Eli Brooks isn't the most exciting guy, but he's also a dude who plays 35 minutes a game, basically, um, is their best defensive guard, even though Dwayne Washington pretty much played him better than anyone has in two years. Um, Eli Brooks is a crucial piece, though. Brendan, as we get closer to the tournament in March, I, I keep getting this question, I have no idea. I'm wondering what your take is. Do you think they get through it without any... I guess, hiccups when it comes to, to COVID disruptions and having everybody in Indianapolis? Well, I mean, I based on the conversation I had uh, for on my podcast last week with David Warlock from the NCAA, I'm pretty confident in saying that the nightmare scenario of losing an entire team is fairly unlikely. I mean, it would take a, it would take a massive breakout of, you know, six or seven guys testing positive on a team where they're literally not able to, to field, you know, a, a actual um, five-man rotation or a seven-man roster or whatever, you know. Um, you know, barring a breakout, you know, if, if, a, if a player tests positive here or there, if a coach tests positive here or there, they're not going to be wiping out entire teams. So, um, you know, Will there be hiccups? I would. I think it'd be silly to say there will be no hiccups. That would just be insane after what we've already seen uh, since last year. So, um, but having a tournament would be uh, would feel like an accomplishment at this point, and uh, I, that's going to happen. Um, but you know, I'm sure there's going to be stuff that we can't predict and that we won't see. But in terms of you know the craziest scenarios that you can come up with, right, are a team having to be wiped out before the tournament's played. And now you're taking a, 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 the last team out and now you're plugging them in or, you know, a team going into the sweet 16, having some crazy outbreak. I don't know, you know, how, how everything goes in Indy, these guys are going to be basically sequestered for lack of a better term. Um, They're not able to really do anything. So, um, I don't know. If a bubble isn't really a bubble, how safe is it? Well, we're about to find out. Yeah, I think they're going to get it done come hell or high water, Brendan. I think there's a lot of checks that need to be cashed, and I think they're going to cash They ain't canceling the tournament. I don't care what. No. There could be 10 no. teams that don't play. They're not canceling the tournament. No, so that, there will be a Final Four. There will yeah. be regionals. Yeah. There will be Final Fours. There will be a television product on Turner and CBS. I think that's a lot. Brendan, thanks for your time today. You got it.
All right, that's Brendan Quinn covers college basketball for the Athletic. We eat with three things. Coming up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The Fan is live and local with morning juice. Caffeinate and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And the Coach Holtman Show coming up here in about 10 minutes. Before we hit three things, three, did you notice uh, at the top of the rundown today what COVID yeah. week we're in? Yeah, yeah, 50. That's something. 50, baby. We're almost there. We're almost there. Almost a Isn't year. something? Yeah. 52 weeks. This is our 50th yeah. week of, yeah. uh, of remote. It's incredible. Yeah. When you, it put, when you put it into that context, you know, how much incredible. time has passed. Will I ever see you again in a work setting? I don't know. That's the big question. <laughs> More, what's most likely, you and I seeing each other in a work setting or you and I seeing each other in Montana this summer? Oh, probably Montana this summer. I still got about 1400 <laughs> a ticket of flight credit on Delta I can use oh, for a year Oh, you're easy then. Yeah. Piece of cake. Yeah, no doubt. We'll, see at the well that's what happens bridge. when you have to cancel a first class ticket to London, you know? So Right. That was fifty years I was fifty that was fifty two weeks ago. About this time last year I canceled the trip to yeah, I remember uh, talking about that. What London. are you gonna do? And then Yeah. That's right. And then you yep. try you were gonna go to the Caribbean, right? Didn't you weren't you talking about going there and going to Turks and then we right. you know changed it and to Turks that. and then we had to cancel that. So the flight credit's been kinda of shuffled around. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, nothing Crazy. like a little email. Hey, uh Dear company, I can't go on the wine tour in Tuscany. We are canceling our trip. Response from them. If you're canceling due to coronavirus, you're overreacting. Italy has it under control. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Week later. Three weeks later. Breaking news. Italy. Shut down. Lockdown. Shut down. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't respond to her. I just let her her reflect on her own email. That's right. All right. Three things on a Monday. Hit it, Bodie. One. Two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, um, so we I have, you know, some tumblers for bourbon or scotch or whatever, and they're heavy glasses, right? Heavy glasses. And the boys like drinking milk out of them or orange juice or whatever. Because, yeah. of course, they do. So they climb up on the thing, they pull them out of the cupboard, and they get them, and it's fine. So last Friday, we're going to play in this basketball tournament that's 45 minutes away. And as I'm trying to get Black Cobra organized and get him out, the I move my hand to say, let's go like this. And I knock the tumbler. I hit the tumbler off the top. Ooh. It bounces off, and, buddy, direct hit on my, on my pinky toe. Direct oh. hit. <laughs> direct hit. It is oh. the first time that my children have ever heard me drop an F-bomb. That it, oh. I couldn't contain it. The thing is black and blue, dude. It's oh. entirely possible I broke it. I couldn't even go. I couldn't. I love doing getting cardio in, in the morning, doing the treadmill, getting my thoughts together. Couldn't even do that. And so this is where we're at. Uh, not great. Oh, not great. Bro. All my fault, but not great. Oh, I, I I feel your pain Awful. there. Oh my God, did it hurt? Oh it. my gosh, nothing like the pinky toe. The pinky <sighs> toe will do it. Um, my first thing. So I come home on Wednesday after getting the new uh, tattoo work done. I'm not completely done. Got to go back on Wednesday again. But I show Shelly. I'm like, what do you think of this? And yeah. um, so I'd gotten one kind of dove on my trap. 
back in 2016 when we had our first um, miscarriage. And so when we miscarried mm-hmm. again in 2020, I just completed the symmetrical one on the backside of the trap. Yep. And so I show Shelly and she goes, oh, those look good. I'm like, what do you mean those? Those doves. I'm like, honey, only one's new. She goes, what? <laughs> I go, the other one's been there literally since 2016. She goes, oh, no, I, I mean, yeah, I knew that. It looks great. The girl has no idea what I've even had done before and what's new. Yes. I had to explain to my own wife what is actually awesome. new on my body. My first thing, you guys were kind of talking about flights and whatnot. I don't know if you guys saw this. It kind of made the rounds over the weekend. I don't really like have a like oh. fear of flying or anything. Gosh. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but you know, whatever. I don't mind it too much. But that video of the United Airlines plane where the engine is like halfway on fire, I'm pretty sure, and it's like completely broken down. It looks like it's like almost barely been built. It's been torn down. It was absolutely terrifying. That's kind of one of those things that almost can make me never get on a plane again. And then even like worse than that maybe was the uh picture of like the piece of the plane or one of the pieces of the engine that like fell right in that guy's front yard i mean literally like probably 10 feet from his house i can't decide what would be more terrifying actually just being in your home and hearing i can't even imagine how loud like that crash had to have been the and more terrifying the, living the one in the plane. of you or being yeah. on the plane yeah i don't know but it's they've the been pretty terrible it's the second. Looking out and yeah. seeing an engine on fire. That's that the one. That one wins. Yeah. Uh, this is an actual quote from Black Cobra last night. Um, as we were watching Hoops, they had an advertisement for The Bachelor. This is a word for word, verbatim. Dad, is that dude really going to marry one of those random girls? Yep. Love it. Yes. That's the, that's the, pro- yes. yeah. It's as absurd as you think, buddy. Yes. It's as absurd yes. as you think. The answer is yes. I know it doesn't make sense, but yes. Yes. Uh, and then that's how you <laughs> teach them not to be that way, that's right? right? That's right. Um, uh, my second thing. So last night I'm holding Remy, which is a very rare occurrence, um, th- and get her to sleep. She has like a, a witching hour, like the hour before she goes to bed at night. It's it's a battle. And anyway, I get her to sleep. I sit her down, and as I walk by Shelly in the bathroom, I brush my shoulder off. And her response was, she goes, "Okay, all right then. You gonna wake up and attach her to your nipple tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was just celebrating the fact that I got her to sleep, honey. Don't get mad. I want to. I want to. Uh, one long video of her reactions to you trying to be big or braggadocious, just one after another. Oh, because it doesn't happen often. But just her over over reaction of putting you in your place, I think is just. Well, I said, I told you what I sent you. What I yeah, said said to her the other night. But that's why you married her, dude. Yeah, keeps you honest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, more than I like. <laughs> Number two for me. I I wish I could like put into words how happy I was this morning when I woke up and looked at my phone and saw that pretty much the next 10 days, there's like pretty much all 40s, a little bit of uh, high 30s, and then a little bit of low 50s. I was, it was just, it was almost an emotional moment because I was so happy. I'm so sick of this damn snow and the weather. I even was in here this morning around like eight or so, and uh, I noticed it was raining. I almost went out there and stood like, uh, Oh, what's his name from the, Andy? And when he escaped from Shawshank, I was just went out there and stood in the rain. Finally, just a little bit of rain and not snow. It just just put me in a good mood this morning. Threes, give your third real quick. Oh, dude, I just basically Remy is so attached to Shelly, I can't even I can't even help. There's nothing I can do. I got lucky last night. There's nothing I can do. She thinks I'm worthless. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave on this note, Bo. You don't have time for three. I'll leave on this note. Last night before the game tipped. Uh, yesterday afternoon before the game tipped, 
the boys took tape and did the entire court in the basement for full court hoops. They put a block yes. in the middle. There was a time when they loved Kentucky and Kansas. Not anymore. And now it's scarlet and gray through and through, and it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Coach, for that. Speaking of Coach, his show's up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.